Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Faux Prophets podcast. I am your host with the most. Our guest today is one Lakeisha Fancher. Hello, Lakeisha Fancher. Hey, hey. What's going on? How are you? It's what it is. What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> I think the proper way to say it is what, what it does. What does it do, Lakeisha? <laughs> I think that is what we want to know. What does it do? How you been? What it do? What it do, baby? Man, you know, just chilling. Um, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you be mine? Won't you be? Won't you be? Please, won't you be? Uh, let me, let me. I will say, let me flip my shoes to my other hand, but I don't got no shoes on. Yeah, I done took my shoes off. I don't. Um, <laughs> comfortable socks you know my hoodie and my shorts so my fuzzy wuzzies get it what a crazy year so far for us both right as friends yeah man yeah this this year uh 2020 i think a lot of people i don't know what they were planning on doing but this so far to me this year has really just revealed uh the strength and character of people and the resilience and ability to adjust and adapt how about uh-huh. you yeah, I I have to second that, man. It's you just find out a lot, you know. This this time to really, you know, you've been kind of forced to sit down, and you will have a. I mean, I would hope that people use this opportunity to, you know, reflect and do some, you know, soul searching and kind of just analyze who they have in their circles and the people that they call their friends and you know people that you know are supposed to be the closest to them. And kind of see, you know, you know where you stand. A lot of things. Um, it's definitely brought out some true colors for a lot of people. So, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, with that. I agree absolutely. With that. It has definitely showed me the character of people. And the best part about it is, uh, I'm appreciative of that. I'm very thankful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. But yeah, you know, it's it, you. You have to take the good with the bad. And it's just like you know, had this not happened you know, there's probably, probably a lot of, you know, still a lot of things that you, you know, wouldn't be aware of. So, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, you can say some, some good has come of it. Yeah. Like I said, I've appreciated the good, the bad, Mm -hmm. all of this. Um, It has really revealed certain people's true colors. It has revealed to me um, the way that people actually go about things. And then that there are things that I need to improve on as a person Mm-hmm. oh yeah and as a friend oh yeah stuff like that and mm-hmm. i guess someone's lover as well but um this covid situation is kind of jamming me up man you know i like to <laughs> that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> yeah this covid business man is is whack yeah i can't get my <laughs> on like i want to <laughs> jamming me up man covid you gotta move on man covid is in the way man big time stop blocking yeah stopping stopping everything i'm gonna be gonna clog me up bro he's going on shit, man. i had enough of it oh my god idiot. so they can get some chicken balls and shit together and get this shit up out of here man some gotta give bro yeah this ain't it so, um Talk to me, man. Where did you grow up? I grew up west side of Chicago. 
born and raised um different areas on the west side um from the you know from the deep hood to you know just you know what they call out west and then kind of like near oak park and then um kind of like on the outskirts of the west loop what, what they call now the west loop um and you know so I've, I've lived you know in pretty various places over the city but on the west side west side until i die since you're talking so about know. Right, let's get just to say just to let you know yeah no, that's fine let's let's, let's get to that till you die then <laughs> so when did you start doing heroin and overdose then oh man um about 16. <laughs> man, <laughs> right here, man. Nobody want to hear that while I was just doing that. No. If anybody watches here. No, man. No, man. Uh, I ain't with that, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I do know you from is uh, having a good singing voice. Talk to me about that. When did you know that you were able to uh, sing and perform? Um, You know what? The crazy part about that is I've never really... um. I don't know. I just never really cultivated that in a way where, you know, most people just kind of just sing, 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 like all the time. Like that's what they do. Like they do it so effortlessly and easily. And, you know, it's people tell me I can sing and, you know, and I just, I've always kind of been, I've held back when it comes to my voice. Um, and it's just, I don't know what it is about, you know, hearing myself like on recordings and things like that or whatever. It's just kind of like, it just creeps me out. It's so weird, but- It bothers you like um, it bothers me. Huh? It bothers you like it bothers me. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird like little, you know, whatever. But um, I guess in church, you know, I started singing in a choir and that's, and I'm more comfortable with singing and like, you know, where there's a group um, of people rather than just kind of standing out by myself. And I have done it because I've kind of not, you know, some situations I really didn't have a choice, but um, yeah, just like, you know, as a shorty, just in church growing up in a choir. And then from then on, I started once my cousin, he's a underground artist. And once he started to kind of get out there um, with his career and stuff, I would help him out um with you know with singing background for him and then that kind of grew legs and took off on its own and I became a part of a band um for about eh, about two years or so maybe um and it was kind of an accident but you know but nonetheless I was you know I was kind of doing it quite a bit singing background for you know um this band that I was with and um and you know so I so I, so it you know, I really don't do it now that I'm out of the band. I don't do it that much now. I will if asked, but um, yeah. Tell me about so. singing uh, with a band or doing background. Like, uh, what? Tell me about that experience. How do you? Tell me about that. Oh experience. man, it, it was it was a dope experience. Um, I was working with the young lady that was kind of like it was her. Um, it was her idea, it was kind of like her thing where she just, you know, would write and, you know, produce these great songs, um, very talented um, writer. And sometimes it would, you know, we would have to go like to different venues and we would actually have live shows that we would sing at. And for, cause she would, I like, call all these different artists and they were like really dope artists around Chicago to come and sing these songs that she's written. 
And, um, you know, so either we would perform those songs at a live show or um, we would actually go and record um, in a studio, but it would be like a live session um, where we would, you know, just sing the songs that she, you know, she's, she's going to record for that day. And then it would kind of just, you know, just be a live recording of us singing and then the artist would be there and she would actually put these videos out um, on like YouTube and different platforms. And I mean, yeah, they, they were, they were pretty dope. Like it was, it was a great experience. Um, I had a lot of fun, learned a lot, uh, worked with some really great people, really talented people, the musicians, oh my God. And one thing I love about that whole process is musicianship and, and how those guys were just so excellent at what they did. And when that music came together, it was, it was amazing. Um, so I've definitely had a great time doing that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was dope. Um, I can't really say anything else about it, that it was just really, you know, really a great experience. Do any, uh, Wait, well, I'm sorry. At any point, did you do any writing for music for anyone? Um, my, I have a real, I have a close friend that she's an, um, she's an artist as well. And she was actually one of the artists that I met during this time when we were in the band um, singing for my cousin she she's you know she's an art aspiring artist and she's you know she's trying to work on some things now that I'm actually helping her write as well um, some stuff for her EP so um, so hopefully you know by next year especially you know COVID is kind of in the way of that but hopefully um, by next year she'll be able to kind of pull something together um, and then you'll be able to like kind of hear some things that I've written or a big bird. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, um, well, I can't wait because I have to wait. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, can, I, I can't wait because, man, these 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 songs and I mean, and it, I just because I mean, and don't even worry, I love music and I and and lately I've just been kind of like in the funk with what kind of like sometimes you know you not you don't know what you're in the mood for, and with the music it's like. What do I want to listen to? I don't want to listen to the same old thing. I, I just need something different. And her music and just her voice, it just it just gives you just a, that that feeling of just being, you know, oh my god, like it's just it's so refreshing. Like, you know, some stuff you you haven't heard, but at the same time, it's something that you can listen to over and over. So, um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm like I need something to listen to, you know. Definitely, good uh, new music is always refreshing, especially when it, mm -hmm. it challenges you or it lifts your mood. I'm a very, I'm very big on that. Um, and when I can't get it out of anything that I hear lately, I always, of course, go back to the original materials and the things that I know that have mm -hmm. that great, that great feeling. You know. Yeah, um, man. Even 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 you know some tracks that you you know you put out like, you know, I just I just like hearing what you're gonna say like. I'd be like, cause ain't nobody talking about that. So it's just like, you know, let me, let me get into my third eye zone. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I even go there sometimes when I really don't feel like I have other options. So pick but no, you talk music that you listen to because you know, the video was acting crazy. Oh no. I was saying that even, you know, sometimes I even go back and listen to some of the tracks that you put out um just to you know just to hear what you're talking about you know what i'm saying like when i want my third eye to kind of you know be awakened i'll put in a m pepper my music is horrible ladies and gentlemen don't <laughs> we 
music. I'm always gonna I put on if I have a track and <laughs> even though and I know it's just, just, know it's just listen and just hear, you know. I mean, no, because nobody's no one's really talking about that, you know. And so it it I'm so it it needs I need to kind of have my mind, I don't know what the word is, like something that, you know, makes me think, I don't know what, you know, it just gives me something, something that, like. Uh, something that jars your brain. Something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. That's going to make you think. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And from what I, I was told, I make, a, I say a lot of stuff in my music, so. You do, like. You say a lot of stuff that's just like, whoa, what? Let me rewind it and go back and re replay this part. Because what did he say about um, the disciples or something? Yeah. So for, for me, I, that's the music I grew up on, listen to, listening to lyricists like Cool mm -hmm. G Rap, Pharaoh Munch, Red Man, um, Outkast. Um, who else can I put? Razzcast and other guys like that. So mm -hmm. when you're listening to music like that, the rewind factor is always there because they're always saying something that's pertinent. They're always saying something that's profound and they're always saying something that's definitive. So because you're hearing that constantly and it's just not all gangster shit, like all- Yeah. When you're hearing these profound messages, you have to go back and you have to listen to the music and go, wait, what the fuck did he just say? And it's not right. just the, the lyrics, it's that the person might have told you to pick up a book and this is where he got his his information from. And to add to that, like, cause I'm all about having to, like, I like trying to, well, what did he mean by that? And what is the real meaning by what he said? Like, you know, what was, you know, what was like, you know, you know, the, 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 the message that he was trying to get, you know, you know, put across. And I always listen for things like that, especially when I'm listening to those, you know, those rappers and those artists, um, you know, and people who like really use, you know, a lot of metaphors and things of that nature um, in their lyrics. So it, 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 I know, again, with that whole thing of just like, just giving your mind, like, you know, a workout. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, again, just trying to read behind the lines and like, well, what did he really mean? Yeah. Um, what was he trying to say? You know, so that for me is a driving force when I listen to um, the conscious rap. So yeah, that's what they call it. Conscious rap or whatever. But yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, a I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cool name. It's it it, cool it name. is what it is. But for me, it's just a matter of using your intelligence. And absolutely. For those who don't know, I mean, I have songs that I can I can turn you into a drone. Like if you want some if you want that drone music, I smoke, I drink. Fuck bitches. I yeah, and that's not, and that's gotta, cool sometimes do too. And don't get me wrong, like I that's cool. Like trap, all that, like that's cool. It's like you know, it's I think it's good to be, you know, well cultured and well versed when okay. it comes to music. You know what I'm saying? You have to have a balance, um, because again, especially with me, like my mood changes. So it's like sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, jazz and RB, and sometimes I'm in a mood for you know gospel and sometimes I'm in a mood for rap and trap and hip hop and I go back to the you know the 70s and 80s and 90s so so it just it just depends on what mood I'm in yeah but it, you're supposed to have have all different types of uh, music included into your um 
your Rolodex or your mental Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy when you get one group of group of guys or one group of artists saying that the other group of artists is trash. And it's kind of like, bro, all this music came from, if you really want to get back to the beginning of it, it came from a social social construct. Like people were mm-hmm. saying, hey, our situation is fucked up and they treating us like shit. And then from there, other music was spun from there. Oh, and then before that, I think they were just having a good time. They were hanging out partying. So all that has encompassed the whole hip hop genre. Mm-hmm. I don't not, I don't necessarily knock anybody for doing it, but if you just trash at what you do, then you just trash. You understand? There's a difference between being in the NBA and being a superstar and being a guy that's a 15th man on the bench who no one really knows about. Right. Um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with that because that guy worked very hard to get there and I'm sure he mm-hmm. could get 50 points on any given night because he made mm-hmm. it to the league. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain people um, that, like, when you listen to the music, I'm like, yo, this is trash, man. I'm not listening to this. But the drone music can be done. Um, my team knows it. You know it. Like, there are people mm-hmm. that know, like, I can do some drone. I can, look, I can do it, put those singles out and all that. And I can right. be a millionaire in no time. But that ain't, that ain't, that's not the end, end game for me. That's not the, that's not even a goal. That's not even on my radar to make people get up and dance and, and, and feel good about, you know, drinking and smoking or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I'd rather put out music that means something that when people go back and play it, they yeah. say, yo, he was thoughtful. Mm-hmm. His penmanship, his penmanship was very great. And, yep. he, you know, he was really, considering the words that he was saying when he was putting these things together oh absolutely yes thought-provoking all of that you know um and very purposeful yeah and you know how he how he brought out his message and what he needed what he needed to say i try not to be a um go to the background of things that i come from or things that i've done to do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like without trying to sound like you know one of those guys like i would rather just like hey to avoid that trap, you could do it like this. But there are songs where we allude to some of that stuff. Like, look, if you try, this is what's going to happen to you. you mm-hmm. Like, this is imminent. Like, you cannot avoid this type of shit right here. You know, um, one of the one of the songs we did together, uh, uh, me and Six Oh Six did. I think it's called "Dirty Street Levels," and we're going back and forth in that song. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the things that are gonna happen. Like, look, if you choose this, this is what's gonna happen. But we're not glor- glorifying anything that's negative. You know, it's just like right. Happen if you right. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing. I don't think that there's enough of that kind of music where you know it reaches people in a way that kind of gives them you know a, a opportunity or a different way to look at things. Yeah. even to present themselves with the options that they have and kind of just, you know, analyze it and really say, Hey, if I take this route, you know, I have to listen to what these guys are saying. Yeah. And, you know, these, this could be my consequence. So, um, so yeah, it's just, you know, I just wish that music, you know, even nowadays, the way, uh, the way, um, you know, the music industry is now and, you know, the people, that put out the different, you know, um, what am I trying to say? The different, um, this is different messages and, you know, the way people perceive them and what, you know, what people perceive as being 
you know, success or what people see as being, you know, having fun or, you know, just living a certain lifestyle. And it, you know, all these songs are pretty much saying the same thing and it's perpetuated consistently. And it's nothing, there's nothing that makes you think there's nothing that, you know, drives you to want to, you know, you know, reanalyze or think about your environment, even just, you know, where you are as a person. And it's just, it's just consistent. And I hate, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not talking down, I'm not being negative or, you know, cause again, some of it I do like, but who's gonna be different? Who's gonna choose to take a different path with their music and what they're, the message that they're putting out? Yeah. Um, cause everything, right now, everything, everyone that I hear is saying the absolute same thing. No one's saying anything different. Yeah, everybody's um, out right now. They swagged out, they trapping. Yeah, everything's trapped. Everything is saying, you know, glorifying this lifestyle and, you know, and- but You know what, even even with that, there's always, it's not necessarily that the positivity music or the social awareness music isn't there. It's always there, it's always gonna be there. They Absolutely, just, they I agree, just yeah. It's... They just don't support it as much. Absolutely. Right? So you got absolutely. That's got yeah. That's a like very Jay good point. Do a good job of um, speaking freely. Kendrick Lamar, who speaks freely, or tells you mm-hmm. that we are in traps. You know, you still got guys like Talib Kweli who go out, go out there and do it. Um, you have di- different artists who are there who do who do put out real, real good quality music. It's just that what that mute that machine is promoting. Is absolutely. And they promote what they want to promote because mm-hmm. they have a narrative, right? They have an, they have an objective and they're going to fulfill that. You know, you got executives sitting around telling telling other people what people want to hear. And that's not really what mm-hmm. they want. It's just a push, mm-hmm. pushing, you know, yeah. sit in that fucking chair for forever. Yeah. You don't know what it's like to be down here on the other end of the spectrum where people are dying, you know what I mean? Cold blood, mm-hmm. things like that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, yeah. Different types of music are there. I just think that it's the mm-hmm. way it's rep- the representation of it. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I, mean, um, I, could see, I could definitely see, definitely see myself putting out a bunch of uh, feel, a bunch of feel good songs. But here's mm-hmm. the thing about putting a, putting out a bunch of feel good songs. Every day of my life, I don't feel good. All right, so there's some days where I'm having a fucked up day. Yeah. Days where I, I do. I do get up in the morning and I don't want to, I don't want to go through my daily routine. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to mm-hmm. be bothered. There are days where, you know, I'm having those moments where I would rather be left the hell alone. And I don't want to bother. I don't want to be bothered. And I don't want to talk to nobody and I don't want to help nobody out. Mm-hmm. You know, there are days where I, I'm feeling ag- aggressive or full of rage <laughs> and I want to hurt people. You know what I mean? So, uh, it would be a lie if I put out a whole album full of um, trees are trees and birds and the bees and <laughs> good. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't be that realistic. Would be dope, but it yeah. would not be telling the truth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now, like, you know, again, to 2020, you know, whatever, you know, but I think, you know, I don't think that there is anything that speaks to the mindset of people and what they're dealing with, dealing with and going through and living through a pandemic. Um, and, and again, maybe, maybe there is, like you said, but it's just, it's just not, 
the narrative that people are really trying to just, you know, put out there um, to, you know, give those artists an opportunity to, um, you know, just to be heard. And um, I just, the, you know, again, the music that, you know, like back to your statement about how um, the machine is pretty much, you know, pushing out whatever they feel like people want to hear or they're, you know, dictating what they feel like, you know, we want to hear, you know, as a demographic, um, you know, I just, it, it's sad. It's sad because a lot of those, a lot of times, and we've witnessed even, you know, within the past couple of weeks that has backfired on, you know, and, and, and it does, it backfires on, you know, the, the very people that are, you know, behind the music, the or, uh, people that are actually, you know, writing these songs, singing them, rapping about it, you know, doing these videos and Instagram, social media has definitely, giving these, you know, these people a platform to really, you know, again, push that narrative yeah. and expose that, that narrative a lot more. To any young so, kid listening, just to any young kid or any person with a fucking brain who can hear this, you don't necessarily have to submit to what they're putting on TV or in between your ears. Um, you control your own narrative. You can actually control your own narrative. It's up to you to decide what it is that you want to do and where you want to go in life. If you believe that your neighborhood is full of is full of bullshit and you want to do better, then subscribe to doing better. Read some books. Right. Find out different things that can get you in a better place. Because a lot of the music that y'all hearing is trash. It's supposed to be trash on purpose. Like for real. It's supposed to be trash on purpose. You really think that you want to pop pills and shoot people every day? That's bullshit. Like no one wants to wake up. No baby wakes up and says, I want to be full of hate. That's not their first words. Their first words are either mama or daddy or ah, ah, ooh, something like that. Like they don't wake mm -hmm. up and say, I want to be full of hate. What appeal is that, you know? So there, you, you control your own narrative. As long as you know what it is that you want to do or find out what it is that you want to do because there are people out there who are trying to control the narrative of what you believe or think. And yeah, it's, man. It's, 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 like I said, drone music. There is that level of drone music that keeps you doing that. You know, I, I think part of it, another part of it, I should say, is that um, the way we demean our women or objectify them to make them feel like, you know, like this is the only thing that they can be in it. And they're not, you know, a woman that can give birth to you and nurture you for a certain percentage of your lifetime is she she's more than just an object you know what i mean mm -hmm. so the way that you look at her should be some somewhat similar to the way that you treat other women in life and i'm only saying that as a grown man who's an adult because maybe i don't maybe you may think or those who are listening may think i don't know what they're going through but trust me if you're younger than me and you out here playing around been there, done that, pimp. Um, <laughs> make sure you find the right one because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of no goods out here, man. Or you you may lose a no good trying to have fun. Um, yeah, and that's the I think that is the I think that is the part that it becomes misleading, where certain things are glorified more than others, and. I think the importance that is placed on or the significance that is placed on, you know, fun and 
you know, drinking and smoking and pills and sex and money and cars and shoes and all of this material shit. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of what the problem stems from because, you know, you have these things and yes, when you be, you get in a game, either way, some of these things, some of these things may come to you. Absolutely. Um, but is that the end all be all to, to life? Like, is that, you know, is that where you, you obtain these materialistic things and then is that it? Like, what's next? Like, you know, so do you, you know, you continue to live life chasing what, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I hate that it's, and it's again, there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. Um, all those things are great. Um, but does it have to come at a price where, you know, you're, you're, you know, taking lives or you're losing lives and, you know, you're, you're, you're doing things that typically, you know, normally you probably wouldn't want done to you. And um, it's just it's just it's just a cycle that I feel like, you know, how do you break that? How do you change the narrative? How do you you know, because you see a lot of people that are successful in, in our, you know, you know, in our demographic and particularly black people that are successful. But a lot of times those people who are successful, who have worked for it, really don't don't have interest in providing how they did it you know, what, 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 the step, what the steps that they took to get there. And, you know, they don't really show, like they don't really provide a blueprint or make it, make, make it the, what they attain appealing through hard work is, you know, it's just, I think it's a double-edged sword in it because, you know, on one end you have people that, you know, that could possibly be role models or people that could, you know, provide resources and, you know, educate people or kids or whatever. Um, that are so tight with information, like people, like I know people that are so smart and have, you know, all the answers, but they don't like sharing the information. They, they, they don't share information. They don't share knowledge. Um, and then you go, so you, then you have to the flip side of that, the people that are, again, perpetuating these lifestyles and actually living these lifestyles are like, you know, giving the game out like it's like it's free candy you know what I'm saying so a lot of times it's just you know I mean you know I don't say who who do you blame I don't know but it's just I don't know it's just one of those things where it, it, it you know what is the right way what how do you how do you resolve it how do you change again how do you change the narrative I don't know where, I, I don't know maybe there's a medium in between where you can mm -hmm. figure it out but I'll say this to a lot of people you know a lit fire looks better than the actual heat, you know? Absolutely. You know, people see the fire and they go, oh, it's a fire. But they don't mm -hmm. know that it's actually the heat that kills people. It ain't necessarily the fire that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. It's the heat. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine someone trying to break down to you how the heat happens. And I think a lot of times that's what happens where people, the actual information to be successful for certain, for certain groups of people is just boring. They want the flames. They like the they like the lore of it. They 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 like the like the they like the big fire, all the glitz and glamour. They love that shit. Like no mm -hmm. one wants to actually know how the process yeah. of the, the heat and the oxygen that's needed. You know, they don't want to know the chemicals and all that, the breakdown of it. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's like 
certain guys who have made millions of dollars or they live a comfortable life using stocks, right? How many mm-hmm. people, you know, you know, want to sit around and listen to that dude talk about it? He's like, yo, I don't want to hear that shit, bro. I, and I mean, <laughs> they sit around I, and be like, yo, I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah, I get How that. can I get to that money very fast right now? How, how fast can I get to that cash? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. You know, and that's what I, and that's where I think a lot of disconnect happens because, you know, no one wants, no one really has the patience that it takes and the goal with all to actually, you know, sit down, figure it out, educate yourself, do whatever is necessary. Um, And you can, I mean, you can throw in a lot of the caveats like, Hey, you know, it's, it's, you know, look at their environments, look at where they come from, look at, you know, their parents or, you know, how they were raised or that, you know, it's not really a lot of resources. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can throw into that pot to be like, you know, well, they don't have a lot of options, you know, and, and that, and that is true. And it is true. Um, But again, I feel like if the narrative was a little different or if, if, if that narrative was pushed just as hard as the other narrative, then, you know, there would at least be kind of like, you know, uh, you know, a, a more wider scale of, you know, what way a lot of these young people take, you know, instead, cause it just appears that it's just, everybody's taking this one path, you know, so. So uh, years and years and years ago, when I wanted to box or was trying to box, all right. I was boxing. I ain't gonna say trying because I was boxing. Mm-hmm. I was at hands. Um, yeah, hands. Or, or the sayings that I had that has stuck with me for the rest of my life, or, or as far as I've been alive, is that hard work beats talent mm. when talent refuses to work hard. So, to any young man or young woman out there listening, or if you're older and you're listening. If you think that all this shit is going to come to you in a very easy manner, you are, you may just be naive. Um, I don't know anybody that got anything, even, even if they are rich and famous or whatever, there's a repetition that comes with doing it. Like you have to do it over and over and over and over again to people to prove to them that you can do that. Then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you become successful. Uh, doctors right. have to do it. That's why they call it practice. And if you do it wrong, it's called malpractice, all right? You have to practice this stuff over and over and over again to make sure that's actually what you're able to do, to do. And then when you do it over and over again, that's when you find the shortcuts and the blessings of being able to make things simpler for yourself and others when you're able to do it over and over and over again. They say mm-hmm. uh, uh, a least amount would be 10,000 hours of doing the same thing over and over again to make sure that you, you're really good at it. Um, I know a gentleman, I know, I know a few people who would come to me and say, I done been put that time in. And I would look at them and go, huh? So in order for you to put 10,000 hours in at the age you are, it means that you haven't slept a lot and you knew that you were going to do this since you were 15, 20 years old, my guy. And you're like 27 now, like, (laughs) <laughs> right you saying it because i know a lot of y'all don't even have the time and the patience to sit around and do nothing for, for that four amount of, yeah just to give it that time yeah you understand what i'm saying like even so 
take away the podcast, take away just me doing music. Like mm -hmm. I, I, dedicate, I dedicated a lot of time to music and that's not necessarily being famous, but just doing music, meeting different artists, wanting to experiment and learn from different artists and, and be aware of, of how they do things and the musicianship and the instrumentation of how they use how they use instruments or how they use uh, synthesizers and the, the way they create. Like there's different methods of, of, of learning music and, and seeing how people, different people create. And that's mm -hmm. big when you're around all these different artists and, and these DJs and things like that. And, and having that in my, in my repertoire or in my roller, mental Rolodex, it's something different than someone telling me I done done this, I done done that. Like, dude, there's a lot of people that you haven't even met yet that I know that you haven't met yet on this level. So I know that you haven't put in 10,000 hours. So for anyone listening, you have to put, you have to put in a word constantly. They think, a lot of people think that it, it just comes by luck. No, like you have to have something that people want to see. And it only comes by doing it over and over and over again until you put yourself in a proper space and place. Yeah, I think Mike, Mike Tyson just got there by knocking people out. It took years of him learning that craft and studying that craft to understand speed, power, and accuracy. Not just being strong, but power, speed, and accuracy. What a place punch. Skill, absolutely, skill, yeah. When I get that reaction, when I come over the top with this. Michael mm -hmm. did that over and over and over again. Michael Jackson did that shit over and over and over again. That motherfucker came out one night and moon walked across the stage and the world went crazy. <laughs> yeah, and was like, what absolutely. the fuck did that nigga just do? Absolutely. Um, and like, again, that comes from him, you know, again, coming up and being, you know, in that environment and, you know, and honing those skills from a child. And again, like you said, put in those hours, put in that time, um, honing your craft. Um, and I think a, lo a lot of times, a lot of these kids and young guys, you know, young people in general have a sense of entitlement that they feel like just, you know, they, they can do, they can go at it. And, and yeah, again, you may have the talent, you absolutely, you may have the talent, but again, like you said, it's not, that's not going to get you to obviously where you're trying to go. And you know, people feel like they, well, I put in, like you said, someone made the statement about putting in time or hours or whatever that, you know, and I think that that's enough, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think, again, that just comes from, you know, just sometimes they just, I feel like they have a sense of entitlement, like, well, you know, I, you know, I did X, Y, Z, I put in this time and that time, I think I'm good. I think I'm good enough, or I should be awarded these, you know, these privileges or, you know, this opportunity or, you know, given this, these accolades um, with the bare minimum. And, you know, there are people just like you said that are actually representation of hard work and that, and not just because of, you know, what, what you see they, that they've accomplished, but, you know, the Michael Jordans and the Michael Jacksons and people that you've seen consistently be great and, 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 and even start out not being so great, you know what I'm saying? But, but reaching a level of greatness that, you know, that at this point, you know, is unsurpassable. So, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that.
And that's not to knock anybody for anybody's out there. Oh, no, no, that's definitely not knocking, trying to. Um, you know, anything or anyone anybody is, you know, um, aspiring to do or be, um, you know, whatever it is that people feel like they're good at or they're passionate about, I absolutely believe that they should, they should do that. Um, absolutely, but you just have to know. But just understand that, you know, it's just not black and white. It's just not, you know, overnight. It's nothing that, like you said, is going to come to you and fall in your lap. Um, you know, and a lot of times that you've seen, even with, you know, music industry, people that, you know, we call them one hit wonders. You know what I'm saying? So people that you have one good song, you never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, even they so, did yeah. some work. They just got a, too far ahead of themselves and they got pushed out the way because they had nothing else to offer. Right. But for the young kids who, who, who understand, who don't understand you think Steph Curry just woke up one day and could hit 30 to 35 foot jump shots like that? Right. His father is Dale Curry. He was a three-point shooter. You think his father wasn't showing him how to shoot like that? You don't think he was around NBA players every day of his life? Absolutely. Shooting the ball with them and trying to <laughs> shoot from where they were shooting from? Mm -hmm. it's, it's something totally different. You have to be able to, you have to want it. You have to breathe it live it, eat it, as it be in your blood, you have to know that you want that. And when you don't want it, at some point it's going to show. But when you want it, you continue to do it and the universe makes rooms. The universe makes room for you. Absolutely. It starts to form things around you and you start to see the signs. All right, my road is a lot different now. I have young men that I have tutored and I know it for a fact because they are NBA players and they are NFL players or they are semi-pro players. I know it for a fact, even myself, the small things that I have achieved, I've achieved them by working, staying on the grind, staying disciplined, staying to myself and just doing what it takes to make sure that mm -hmm. what I want becomes true. Not just because, oh, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to put these four or five songs out and this is just going to bear fruit. It don't work like that. You know, every song that you may think is a hit. There's a million, there's a million other people around the world right now doing the same thing that you're doing. And, and you have to do something different from everybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not be doing the same damn thing that everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's that holds true. I mean, and that's just that's in every aspect. I mean, it goes, it doesn't just stop there. I mean, it, you know, it's entrepreneurship, you know, even, you know, and a lot of times. You know, and I know that I've seen a lot, especially this year, people, you know, um, starting their own businesses and, you know, branching out and, you know, having to find different means of, you know, income. And that is, that's beautiful. I think that's absolutely great. Um, but it's just, you know, and, and, but what I don't like is when people, uh, people look down their noses on people who chose to just work their normal jobs, you know, um, because, you know, just because you chose to do, you know, entrepreneurship and you, maybe you're successful at it, maybe you're not, I don't know, but there are some people who that just doesn't, you know, is not appealing to them. And, you know, they are quite, you know, content with working their nine to five, you know, and, and being good at what they do. You know, I mean, I've been in the corporate work, corporate world uh 22 years now you know and it's just i mean yes i have you know started my own businesses and stuff like that but that's just something that i've just 
it's just in me to be a worker. You know, I just, I like to work. And so when I'm, my business isn't doing what it, what I think it should be doing or not making, you know, enough money to keep food on the table, I'm going to work. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't, I just think that it's just to each his own. You know, if people decide to work a company 30 years and retire with their pension and 401k, that's absolutely their choice. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't take away that the, the fact that they were consistent. It doesn't take away the fact that they, you know, got up every day and and and, and honed whatever skill set that they have. You know, it's still it's still getting up and doing something repetitively every day. Yeah. So say this too. So hold your thought. I think everybody has a gift. I think everybody has um, an ability. I don't think that everyone has tapped into it, and maybe mm-hmm. it's not meant for everybody to tap into it, but. Whatever it is, whatever your gift is, I think that everybody should try to tap into it. Whether you do it as an exercise or a hobby, mm-hmm. you should do that and you should focus on that. And you should try absolutely. To I agree with that one hundred percent. Everybody has something that they're good at. Yeah, you yeah. That consistently, when you get off your job and you have the time when you're at mm-hmm. home, do not go to sleep. That one thing that you're good at, you should spend the rest of the night doing. If it's only three to four hours out of your night, even if you got to eat, you get home and you eat. Or you get home and you do that thing first. And then right. Right. I think everybody I may have agree. an ability or a gift or something that they can hone and craft and turn into something that they love and just present mm-hmm. to them. Not necessarily to get paid. That's that'll, what I was just going to say. That's my, yeah. That was my next point. Not to, it, it'll I mean, work it itself out. You don't have to, you know, it's not about money. Um, it's just about, you know, again, exercising a gift, exercising a talent and putting it to use, you know, and, and there's nothing worse than you not utilizing um, a gift or passion or something that you have and letting it go to waste. Absolutely. Um, but again, like you said, there are, there are ways to implement that into your day to day. You know, when you get like, you know, I do the same thing. I get off work. I, you know, look at stuff that I try to find ideas to help with, you know, that I could, you know, take with and, and use for my company, you know, so, or even that, you know, the musically, whatever, I'm doing it. So, yeah, me, huh? There's a guy that I know, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. There's a okay. guy that I know, all right? He's an engineer, all right? That's what he, that's what he went after in school. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker can play the violin, I think. Wow. Beautifully. I was like, yo, you be playing some dope shit. He's like, yo, this is what I'm going to do when I'm not working. And he does it well. I was like, you ever thought about doing it? He's like, bro, I have. He said, that shit is crazy, but there's too much other shit that's involved with that. So I do this in my spare time. When I get home, when I'm away from everybody, this is what Mm -hmm. I do. He said, it relaxes me. It soothes me. I said, man, you really good at that. He's like, you think so? I said, Absolutely. You should put it on SoundCloud or something like that. And he's working on doing that now. He's got his own renditions and everything like that going on. But um, he's very talented. The main thing was because, like the rest of us, we grew up in a situation where they were telling us that we should go to school, get a job, and work for somebody else. So that's what he did, right? He was He's a mm-hmm. cog in a wheel. So the real thing that he likes to do is he likes to play that goddamn violin. Mm, see yeah he likes to play that violin but that was just me sharing it like, you know no no i get it you put you know, give an example that's a perfect example um of what that means um and 
I want to say like, so my thing that I really want to do that I feel like I just, and like, I just think that it's such a dope thing to do. Like it's a dope group of people who do it. Like they're like, they're dope. Right. And don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. Okay. Um, but I really, I really would like to do voiceovers. I don't, that's, that's nothing to laugh at. So I, so, and I guess, you know, typically people don't really say this is what they aspire to do, but I really, I think that's really dope. And I just, so I sit and I just, I like practice, like, even if it's just, you know, doing like narrating books or something like that in that capacity is absolutely cool. Um, so what I do is just, you know, I practice like, cause I read and I, you know, I have the apps and stuff on my phone. So just practice like if I'm able to kind of have you know a few hours to myself a couple hours I would say to myself I just read out loud and just kind of you know read books that are just you know what especially with the jargon is just very like heavy on the on the pronunciation and you know bigger words and stuff like that I I practice pronouncing words and you know and looking at what they mean and you know things like that just to kind of you know see it you know just to hear myself kind of read out loud and see how you know that feedback would be um if i because i do record it so if you know one day i might let you hear me read a book or something like that or you know like i'm like a few paragraphs or something like that so there's no shame i'm already out so so yeah so that's just so but that's just you know that's my thing that i would hope you know even at the asian i am I still want to do it. I don't care. I think it might. I think it. Well, no, I, I don't think. I, I know it'll work. You have the voice for it. Um, and like I, people say that, even again, even though I'm still learning kind of how to listen to my voice and not get like, ugh, like, like weirded out about it. Um, but people say that I do have that. Um, you know, I have a voice for that. Um, so, but it's just something I feel like is just is people that do that. I admire them so much. So. You know, I just want to be able to maybe tap into that one day. Since I've known you, you've had like one voice. I think I got like two or three. Someone told me, like, you know, you got like three different tones when you talk. I have, you just haven't heard it, but I got a, I got a sexy voice. <laughs> but you never heard it. Between you and your husband, I don't want to say, you know, like, God damn it, don't be getting me into no shit. You never shit. heard it. When you try to put your little, your little sexy voice on for your boo or whatever, you know, you get. I know I got that too. Everybody has a voice, but you haven't have heard. Uh, you haven't heard. Of course, you haven't heard. I'm never gonna, you know, use that voice with you. Keep that, keep that shit to yourself. Unless I'm, unless unless I'm a prank you, I might prank you one day. Try that shit. Let's see. How that <laughs> Let's see how that go. You might get hung up on because you know I don't pick up phone calls that I don't know nothing about, man. <laughs> I leave your Good voice with that one. <laughs> You're gonna have a hard time doing that. I feel like, hello, you start talking about, yeah, all right, um, just, just hang up on your ass, you know what I mean? Like, we live in a world right now where you got motherfuckers from Russia and China calling people, you know? Oh like, my God, that is the China most China. annoying shit ever. Like, I swear, and they and I, they consistently call and be trying to, you know, they want you to, you know, change your um, utilities, they want you to, get the car warranty extended. They want, I mean, it's all tight. They want to give you a free vacation. I'm just like. 
Whoever is behind that, and you keep calling from these numbers that I don't know, or you ch- keep trying to make it familiar to the number that I have. And that's, yep, that's what they do. Like, oh, my God. That, I don't want none they of that. call my daughter phone, and they then they'd be like, this is the last time I'm going to ask you. I'm like, what? How about you just don't call my number? Oh, man, and let me say this, too. Whoever put my number in for CPS, take my shit off of CPS. I don't even speak. Espanol like that. Like they be calling me trying to talk to me in Espanol. I'll be like, yo, y'all got the wrong fucking number. It's not <laughs> me, bro. It's not me. They be giving me instruction on, on how uh, to pick up re- report card. Pick up in Spanish. They be doing all that shit. And I tell her, I was like, hey, uh, I don't, you got the wrong number. And she was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Talk to me like you fucking know how to talk to me. Like for real. Like take my number off. Listen, I even text them. And told the motherfucker to take it. And then I called when the woman called me. I was like, I'm gonna wait. Cause I put it on, I put them on my call list of people I have to call. So I, they called me back one day and I was like, hey, can you just take me out the and she, K? I said, like, stop giving me the K. I know what that means and you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Stop it. Stop talking to me like you don't know what the fuck I'm telling you. Take my <laughs> off the goddamn list. I don't have no kids. Nobody in here is in CPS. And just so just stop the shit. Stop it. Stop it. And to all the other yeah. motherfuckers that's selling shit, the, the sheriffs and everybody else that want me to donate money, man, get the fuck off my phone, bro. Straight up, man. And look. What would you, how would you feel if I told you, hey, would you like to donate donate to uh, the Black People Fund? They'll hang up on me in the goddamn <laughs> They will hang the fuck up on me. Hey, would you like look. to donate to the school I'm trying to build in, in Chicago? Oh, fuck that. I'm not donating to no goddamn niggers. You know, they, they'll cut me the fuck off. Like, I'm not Cut that shit out, man. Like I don't be, I don't be. Listen, when I be, listen, I I keep to myself. I don't need all that, man. I got other shit to worry about. This yeah, this year man. alone, it's crazy. This year alone okay. has done enough. All right. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, and people, that's the last thing people want to deal with. Have to deal with just the nuisance of just just these random stupid ass calls. Even with even with the election, like man, I like Joe Biden was texting me like. I'm like, how did Joe Biden get my phone number? Like, they texting me like day and night about going to vote and all this other oh, dumb stuff. I'm like, give them out. And then the one like the I emails, got, like, yeah, they be one, like, the one number I got from the Biden camp asked me if there's anything that you uh, we could do to make it a successful campaign. Let us know. So I text them back. Um, I got goddamn some bills over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> new shits and then it texts me back the same message i was like man fuck you bitch get off my phone so i blocked the number you know so, <laughs> i've blocked so many of those numbers and they just keep coming back like yeah hey hey lakeisha did you know blah 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 blah, blah. i'm just like oh i'm sitting in the that was the worst thinking, y'all trying to tell me about some goddamn voting man get the fuck out of here it was the worst that was the worst shit ever but yeah y'all tripping out here man motherfuckers like me we got shit to do bang bang we're back <laughs> I don't like you. All right, that's okay. That's okay. If you didn't like me, you'd have clicked out this motherfucker a long time ago. <laughs> um, but since you didn't, we're back. So we're both from Chicago. Uh, yeah. We are supportive of our sports teams. Me, not so much. <sighs> me, not so much. Like, if anything, I'm going to support. I don't know how to play play hockey. I don't know much about hockey, but I'm going to support hockey just because, you know, I had a chance to be out there 
well, not out there, I should say. I had the chance to be at a game and I enjoyed it. It was a different type of experience. I, I enjoyed that. So salute to the Blackhawks. And then, of course, basketball, because I'm a basketball fan. I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan, um, the greatest of all yeah. times. The GOATs. Lay GOATs. Yeah, the GOAT. <laughs> all right. The goat. Hey, you seen Mike lately? Yeah, he he slim. Mike gets slim. Oh, right. I'm like, okay. He probably Let's looked go, in the mirror sir. and he saw that gut. He probably saw that gut. Yeah, he, like, he yeah, he was on the he, the last dance documentary. He was like, oh no. Yeah, you <laughs> he was like, I got see the gut doing a documentary, but he probably looked up one day and he walked around the crib, you know, with his fine ass girl, you know, walked around and probably stumbled past the mirror while he was drunk. Boy, while he was sober and he saw himself, he was like, motherfucker, who was that? <laughs> who was this dude you got in my house? You know what I'm saying? And he ain't like the way that shit looks. So Yeah. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. that's typical Mike shit where he's gonna try to bounce back and get himself into good shape. Not necessarily yeah. playing shape, but just be in good shape. Good shape yeah. But that's yeah. But yeah, you mentioned basketball and um that was definitely I grew up watching the bulls um my uncle god bless his soul he was a fanatic um he used to record like all the bulls games well you know vcr you know have the you know the the vhs tapes he had like stacks and stacks and stacks of them just you know all the championships he had them all like labeled you know 91 92 90 you know so it was it was crazy so I grew up in that environment also with my um grandfather him being um a Cubs fan and um you know a Bulls fan like you know I just grew up you know at the age of nine just loving just you know finding a love for sports and so as I got older it's just you know it just it got you know it got um you know intensified and now i'm just like i'm obsessed so you are um, obsessed i am i am obsessed i can't help it there's team that man i'm so hurt man like yeah so no hush hush (laughs) you're on mute mute right now i ain't gonna really mute you but for anybody that's listening the Bears went one season where they were 13 and three. Kyle Orton was a quarterback in the championship game against the Indianapolis Colts. I think it was yep. Peyton, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, those guys. Uh, they decide to take out Kyle Orton, who led them, who led them to a 13 and three season, whether he managed the games or whatever it was. Yeah, I want to believe. I don't care. But the fact that you went 13 and three with this quarterback and during the Super Bowl, you put in no disrespect to this guy, but come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. You <laughs> right. Yeah, I put in Kyle. Oh, no, you put in Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. Who was coming off an injury. This motherfucker is allegedly 5'10, 5'11. I don't know who it was. I don't know how that situation went, whose decision that was, but it let me know at that point in time, as good as Kyle Orton was, someone would fuck that up. 
<laughs> and since then, I just have not rooted for the Bears because I'm when when I look at them, I excuse me if I'm wrong, but when I look at them, I see fuckery. Like that's just, that's just all I see. I see fuckery every time. I see fuckery. Yeah. And because of that, that 13 and three season, you get to the championship and you lose the way that they lost. It just let me know that someone didn't really care about actually securing the future or putting on a good performance. Mm -hmm. You know, so since then, I haven't, I haven't rooted for the Bears like people would want me to. Yeah, there was a season where they had two or three thousand yard. They had what's his name, Matt? Was it the running back? Matt Forte. Bang bang. Don't know what the hell he is now, but um, he's retired. Huh? He retired. retired. Okay, you, buddy, because motherfuckers been looking for you. Um, (laughs) and they had two wide receivers that, or or tight end, and a wide receiver that went for a thousand yards. And B. Marshall. What'd you say? B. Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Like six four, two hundred and forty pounds. God damn, he was a monster, bro. Um, but anyway. Yeah, all that shit. So the Bears <laughs> let me know, like, yo, they don't give a fuck about no goddamn winning. And no and no disrespect, but man, fuck that. Yeah. Jay Cutler, you know, fuck what Jay Cutler was doing. It looked like he was just like spaced out. He didn't know what the fuck. But you I think a lot of it's just I think it had a lot to do with, you know, as far as Jay Cutler, because honestly, the Bears have had the 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 necessary tools, they've had the weapons to actually you know, get a lot further than, you know, what they have. Um, they just weren't utilized properly. The coaching, whatever, you know, the quarterback, whatever. And uh, um, somebody made a comment that basically, you know, and I don't really feel like Jay Cutler was a bad quarterback. Somebody just said that he was, he was, he was, you know, he was Aaron Rodgers with a bad attitude. You know what I'm saying? Because he definitely had the arm. He definitely had, um, most cases, he had the accuracy. It's just that he just, I don't think he really had um, the leadership capabilities um, because I don't, a lot of times I've, on the field, you you would think that his, his, um, his team, you know, his teammates really didn't like him that much. Um, so, you know, again, it's just, they've had the opportunities they've had, the, you know, the right players, they've had some excellent people that, you know, that have played, you know, for them on uh, all the positions. And they just never, you know, they just never capitalized on, you know, all those opportunities and having those people. Um, because there's no way that, 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 um, that team we had when we had um, not, not uh, the season, what was it, last season when we lost to the Philadelphia Eagles off that missed field goal. Cause we were playing, you know, they, the Eagles were a wild card. So there was no way we should have lost that game. You know what I'm saying? So it's just those types of things that I don't, there's no reason why that team couldn't have went further than what they did. Um, and that's, that has been the case in a lot of, you know, in a lot of seasons where they've had good players, they've had great players, the, you know, the Brandon Marshalls, the Matt Fortes, um, you know, Jordan Howard's even people really don't care for him but you know the short gains I guess people you know you know got tired of that and he went to Philadelphia and was killing you know what I'm saying but um 
you know, you had those, you know, those types of players. Even now you have the Roquan Smiths, who is absolutely balling right now. Um, the, the Khalil Max, you know, the Keem Hicks, you have those guys that are, you know, that are, you know, are playing and they are really good at what they do, but you can't capitalize on it because it's like, for one, the offense is really running defense in the ground. Um, you know, it's absolutely insane that, you know, and we, even with the special teams, you know, and we have a lot of great guys on that on, on that position as well, where, you know, they're able to have takeaways and they're able to make touchdowns when the offense can't. Um, so it's just, it's just sad that we have not been, we've had, you know, ample, I think Apple opportunity is just with, I don't know if it's management again. I don't know. I don't know if it's Virginia, <laughs> Virginia McCaskey. I don't know who it is. I don't know what the issue is, but it's just been unfortunate. Cause you know, I think I feel, I feel like the bears run through a lot of great players more than any other team. And it's just, they just never be able to become successful with the bears. Me personally, I just think that they're, they're not trying to win. I don't know what I don't know. Oh, man, I I hate to say that they're not trying to win. And, and no, so to the Bears players, it's no disrespect to you. I just think the people in charge aren't really trying. Right, yeah, the people in charge are definitely um because you know, and you know, at first I I was Listen, like, I don't know about Ryan Pace because if I, let me say this, if I had a defense that was good and a special teams that was good. It would only make sense for me to make sure that I had an offense that was good or great. But, and that's the, that's the thing. We we have offensive players that are great. We have the wide receivers we have. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the best quarterback out there. I mean, that's true, too. You understand too. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, cases, that, that, that makes a difference. That, the quarterback. Maybe it's not the best running back on the field. And, again, I'm not trying to diss nobody, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. the management doesn't do the best job of putting the best players on the field. We've seen this over and over again. That's why I backed away from it. But go ahead, continue to uh, continue to talk. I'm about not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to make excuses for them. Um, I'm not saying that you are. Because because they, you know, this. They're at the end of the day, they're professionals and they get paid, you know, adequately. Um, so this is this is their this is what they do. Um, you know, but again, I just feel like we have the tools. We have the 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 you know, the Robinsons and the Millers and even with um, Taylor Gabriel, I mean, even though we traded him, I just think that, you know, he wasn't utilized to his full potential. Um, who else? Um, David Montgomery. Hmm, he's a hit and miss for me. Um, I just feel like he doesn't because it was a play, I think, I forget who they were playing a couple Sundays ago. And he just, he doesn't, I think he just looks to go into like the big, you know, the big coverages, whereas like you have all these Smash opponents. Yeah, and he just wants to Smash. run through the brick wall instead yeah. of using other, other alternatives to, you know, to break away from that. He just wants to prove that he can get through that. And that's kind of how I feel about him. And I could be wrong. It's just, I just, I just, he's, a, again, he's a hit and miss. Don't be wrong. He can cat, like he can play running back and stuff like that. But I mean, he can play, Um, he is a running back, but he can play wide receiver. Um, And he's, you know, he's made touchdowns and things of that nature, but I, again, I just think that with him, it's just a hit and miss with him, um, you know, and then, like I said, we have, we have a lot of great weapons on, 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 
on our team. And I, I don't even know, I haven't heard anything about it, but like with, um, with um, Robinson, like they, I don't know if they even signed him, you know, they've given him enough of a contract yet. And he's one of those, he's one of those integral people and integral players that I feel like they need to really cultivate him and, and, and utilize him to his full potential. Um, so it's just a lot of pieces that are broken. I think um, Ryan Pace really impressed me with the Khalil Mack trade, but now I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm feeling like he's just, you know, he's like, you know, with the way Mitch Trubisky turned out, um, they kept him on the roster for as long as they did. Um, I mean, his, you know, he had his five-year option this year, um, but I just feel like they needed to save face because this was their choice that they made. So they, so so to avoid looking like, oops, I made a mistake. They didn't want to look that way. So they just, you know, they just rolled them out until they couldn't. And then it's like, now you don't have a choice. You got to trade for Nick Foles. Yeah. And I was one of those people that advocated to, to put him in because we've given Mitch Trubisky four years to do what he's done. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, I think you should, I mean, give the guy a try, but everybody's looking at him like he sucks. He sucks. He's this, he's that. I mean, with the offense and the playbook that I think that he has to, you know, adapt to, I think is, I mean, this is his first season. You have to give people the opportunity to, you know, first of all, jail with the, the rest of the team, the rest of the teammates. And then, you have to give someone to you know, the chance to be a, to get adapted to, you know, your style of play. So um, I think people are being impatient in that regard. So time out, time out, time out, time out. All right. So this is what I want to ask. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, there was a chance to draw to draft one. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, yeah, or a Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <laughs> I don't know. Comment, man. I just, I mean, granted, at the time, no one knew that they would come out and be Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, but that's not true. And I hate, and I hate, and I hate to say that's this. not true. But listen, no, 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 no. Listen to go what ahead, I'm go ahead, talk your thing, talk your thing. Bro. I hate to say this, and I don't want it because I'm not. I don't. I'm. Be, you know what? I do. I do feel this way. I'm be real. I feel like the Bears aren't in the place to have a black quarterback. I think that's the issue. Mm. I think that's why they. I think that's why they overlooked Mahomes and Watson. And then even with um, the Saints' backup quarterback, um, he's the he's the Panthers' quarterback now, uh, Bridgewater. We definitely could have, you know, pulled him in. He was he was he was you know he was free, so I mean he was definitely available. So I mean, why, why not? Why not? And, and again. That goes to the people who are calling the shots. This is just me. I, I said, I said, Virginia McCaskey, but go ahead. 
I'm not saying her, but this is my thinking. Whoever is at the top of the management, you probably don't know shit about football or sports at all. You're more concerned with business than the actual game of winning. You're not taking the time to actually pay attention to what's on the field or what you can actually get. You're paying attention to money or something else because there's no way everybody that I talk to, because I don't talk shit about the Bears, I don't say nothing about the Bears. At all, because I don't pay no, no, I don't pay them any attention. There's no way you fucking passed on Patrick Mahomes, who maybe you didn't even, you didn't even consider because you weren't too sure about. But fucking Deshaun Watson, and I get it. Yeah, let's pass on him. He's a black quarterback. He's never played at this high of a level, and you don't want to risk anything on a black quarterback because you're all comparing him to fucking Michael Vick. That's what you all probably looked at a black quarterback and fucking thought. He will be Michael Vick, but he's actually a good fucking quarterback. It's just the fact that you guys don't fucking know talent when you fucking see it. Yeah, it's 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 a shame, and I I think you're right when it comes to the quarterback position. They really don't know how to pick. Listen, talent. Randall, and, and let me say this too: Randall Cunningham was fucking dope. They just didn't give him the credit that he deserved, and he didn't put anything around him or whatever it was that happened at the time. Maybe I got it wrong, but goddamn, there are some fucking black quarterbacks that can ball the fuck out. Y'all just don't give him no fucking shot. Y'all yeah. don't. Y'all fucking don't. Like, let's just let's just call a fucking spade a spade. Um, we've been sitting here talking about it. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is dope. We see that now because he ended up with the right type of guy that knows that knows how to cultivate his talent and use him correctly. Mm-hmm. I think that we actually could have used Deshaun Watson. The reason why we didn't, the motherfuckers probably didn't want to. Excuse me, they didn't want to draft a wide receiver that he could, that could go well with him, or they didn't want to pick one up. And to them, and and to me, I feel like it's it's something. It's about something else. It's about business. What looks mm-hmm. good to them. It's not about the actual fucking sport. It ain't about winning. Around us, we're about fucking. We want to win. When you come from situations where you're at a low point and you're trying to get to the next level, you want to win. That's the whole. That's the ultimate goal is to win. Yeah, and I know those players do because, and I and I I feel bad because I know that they are frustrated. Because, again, they are talented. They are very skilled at what they do. For the most part, you know, the people, the names that you always hear all the time, they're very talented guys. Um, and they, they like, even when the – I think that, that first game that Foles took over in the fourth quarter and he got – they won the game, they were behind. Like, I forget how many points. But, the like, even the wide receivers, because – Foles and I have to give it to him. Foles was he was he was throwing the hell out of that ball. Like he was throwing some, you know, he was throwing some haymakers and the accuracy was so there. And they and I feel like they were just so taken aback because they were like, Wow, this is how you throw a football, and they weren't used to that. So before they can actually catch on, he eventually like they learned very quickly. It was just that first initial shock, like, oh shit, he's throwing the ball right, you know. So then so they had to really adjust to someone being accurate with the football. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, those players, they really want to win. They come out there and they, and they you know, they put their their heart and soul out there on the field, especially when you have the people like Akeem Hicks and Camille Lack that are, Camille, Khalil Mack that are super passionate, you know, but you have, you know, the, you know, Kyle Fuller is a beast. I absolutely love him. You know, he's, Oh my God, I, I don't even, oh I can't God. even say, Absolutely. man, he's so dope to me. And then you have, again, like I said, the Roquan Smith, you have, you know, Akeem Hicks, you have 
um, I'm not really feeling Trevathan right now. Um, I don't know because you know he just seems to just kind of he just seems a little bit lackluster to me. Um, but you know you have you know I look I I like Buster Screen a lot. I think he's he's very um, you know he's a pivotal person on the team um, on 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 defense and even though he's small he does make a huge impact. Um, they've got a couple, you know, rookies that I feel like, again, you know, the Johnson do and Mooley, I think they are really talented. They just need to be cultivated. Um, and, you know, they utilize a little bit better. So it's just, again, they, like you said, it's management. I don't know, but they have, they have, they have, I feel like they definitely have key players every season that they could definitely I won't go so far to say win a Super Bowl, but they have key players that could definitely, you know, play roles to get them there. And they just I was, don't. I was they, told a few years ago, um, someone said, yo, oh, listen, pay attention to these teams. You can tell these teams want to win by the moves they make. Just pay attention to the moves mm-hmm. they make. This person told me, there's only a certain amount of teams that actually want to win. Everything else is a, is a business move. He said, pay attention to the teams that want to win. Mm-hmm. Make moves to win. And since he since I was told that, I definitely see what was what was said to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, def- I get it. I yeah, and I believe there is some truth to that. And you know, the only and, thing and that I think is- a lot of times it's it's a known fact maybe possibly in you know in these leagues because you have certain players like key players that don't even consider what they don't want to come to the Chicago teams because they kind of I guess they, I don't know because they know that about you know Chicago teams that hey I'm not coming there because of what they're not going to win you know and there have been some you know people that have even opened up in, in agent in free agency recently that um what's his name he wanted to go i think i don't know if the bears spoke with him i believe they did i I believe i read something where the um the bears spoke with him what is his name i think his last name is bell no i don't know because i don't be but anyway he's um he you know he was you know he automatically said he you know i want to go with the chiefs and that's the reason for that you know what i'm saying people don't want to come to teams that they know that aren't built to win games and to win Super Bowls. So you so, you, so we get you at least want to contend. At least get you me want, through you the want playoffs. To contend, absolutely. Get me through absolutely. The Listen, Khalil Mack is an excellent example of execution performance, ability, skill, and wanting to win. How many players on that team are probably like that? It's probably uh, probably it's probably a good number of them that want mm-hmm. to do it. But can you make the same relation to the people that control what goes on? Yeah. And that's my only thing. Like, if you really wanted to win, you would go out and make the proper the proper adjustments and the proper execution, trades, players. You would do everything it took to win, and I don't see it. Can you imagine? Listen, can you imagine had Patrick Mahomes or, Desha- or Deshaun Watson came to this organization and they weren't supported correctly? The media they wouldn't have been, have been fans would have chewed them up. Yeah, they wouldn't have been. They would have chewed them up. They would have ruined those guys. Yeah, they do. They would have definitely ruined them. Um, 
you know, like I said, we we get all the talent, we get all the people that we we can definitely use as weapons. Even you know, Haha Dix, he was with us for one season. He wasn't he wasn't utilized correctly, and everybody know he's a beast. But he wasn't he wasn't used. You know, he wasn't used properly. So anybody that's listening, I don't know anything. I don't even pay attention to the Bears. Um, well, I mean, but you know, you know, football. So to to the Bulls. You could probably tell. And the, and, but the Bulls. I mean, which I mean, they do you do you realize that they just re-signed Denzel Valentine? He's trash. Horrible. And the only reason I can pay attention to the Bulls because I know a little bit more about basketball than I do football. But yeah, horrible, horrible. Again, you can tell teams that want to win by the moves they make. <laughs> and it's just like they got rid of. Um, who they they got rid of uh what's his name um gar foreman i don't think that was a bad decision i don't think it was a bad decision i think it was a great decision, well, let me say this. i think they uh, should have clean house all the way all the way across the board they and, should, but i think that this is the same whoever ends up in charge may end up getting rid of kobe white and probably uh zach levine and those two and i love i like kobe i like i love zach um, again, just underutilized um, talent. Just, just you know, definitely just not cultivated. Um, just talent that's just you know they going to waste. They're not using it to its full capacity, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. you know, all these all these horrible coaches that they've had um, after after Thibodeau, like. Yeah, I just, you, know, you know, that's that buddy buddy system. I'm gonna bring my buddy in and let my buddy do this. I'm gonna bring my buddy in. Yeah, it's it's absolutely horrible. I'm fucking the game up because y'all not chasing wins, y'all chasing fucking friends. And I and when and not this season, this is the season right before um this COVID stuff. The the bulls were really like because I would you know I'd be watching a game and it's just like the, they will be they will be ahead like 30 damn points and all of a sudden it's like they losing by 15 and now they losing the game it's just like that type of stuff is just I'm like I can't I, can, I hate the fact that they just the coaching or whatever else is going on is just it's terrible um yeah I, I just don't get it like it's crazy to me that you could be up by 30 and can't manage the game to win by 10 between 8 to 12 points like it's just it's it ridiculous me. it bothers me like when 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 those guys go to the bench mid third quarter end of third quarter and you can't manage a game to win by 8 to 12 points it says a lot it says a lot but then again and no knock on nobody just look at who's in charge and just look at look at the product yeah, and that's and that's yeah and that's a lot of where it comes from. I mean, you definitely have to look at the head and, 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 and it, you know, it kind of just trickles down. But that is something that I just, you know, I lost. And I don't get me wrong, I still love the sport of basketball. Um, I'm always going to be a Chicago team diehard, you know, all day, every day. But it's just, you know, realistically, you have to really look at what's happening. And when your teams aren't winning, when they could be winning, because there's a lot of teams that aren't winning. But when you look at the possibilities and you look at the the potential of some of these of the talents that they recruit, it's just like there's no way that they shouldn't be able to make some, you know, do a little more than what they're doing to give, you know, 
I mean, like you said, contend. And they just don't. And 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 I honestly, like, I think I, I don't know, I think I fell off basketball. If mm, it were me, let me just say this. Maybe around December. If it were me, I would be a person that would say, hey, I have Wendell Carter, I have Zach Levine and Kobe White. Yeah, Wendell Carter is Let me go get, let me go ask Tracy McGrady to train to train with my guards. And then let me go get Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan to train. And you know they're going to want to do it. You know they're going to do it. They definitely going to be game for that. That's just me. That's money. You know what I'm saying? That's work. That's something that they, they keep listen. there. And I would go talk to the young players and say, "Hey, I'm bringing these guys around. Would you Would you mind training with them? Yeah. Learn habits and consistencies and and and, and shooting patterns and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if they reject it, I would go, "Okay, I can't depend on these guys. Whatever's going to be next." But again, when we're talking about people who just look at numbers, they don't look at people. They don't understand basketball. They don't understand relationships. They don't understand fire and desire. Because they don't, they have, they've never done that. When they only understand numbers and papers in front of them, they're gonna fuck it up. Hundred percent of the time, they're gonna fuck it up because they're not. That, that's not something they're used to. They're used to sitting in a fucking chair and analyzing stuff. They've never played the game. They don't understand the game. They don't understand how to what it takes to actually fucking win. Hey man, that's the perfect. That's the perfect example of what happened to the Bulls back in the nineties with um um Jerry Cross. Is it? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't see. Crouch I don't think he wanted to be in charge. I think Jerry yeah. wanted to be in charge. He wanted to be the dude. Yeah, everybody and that's that out. was the problem. And he saw. He he looked. He saw numbers. He didn't. He saw numbers, and like you said, like he saw paper and contracts. He didn't see those players for what they were. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he saw there that they these guys were completely talented. He felt like he could take, you know some other random players and make and build the same type of team that he had with you know with Mike and Scotty and he no you cannot do that. That's ego. That's ego yeah. saying that. That's him and his ego. That's it not him looking at the players. That's him saying my ego is bigger than everything that these guys mm-hmm. could ever accomplish. That's ego. yeah he fucked yeah, absolutely. He that did. He really did. Um because it you know is 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 no way that you can feel like people are, you know, especially that's that kind of talent. They're not only very talented, they play together well, that you can think that you could just rebuild that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like overnight, like, come on. So, so, you know, but I, you know, I, I want to love basketball, but it's just been hard to do lately just because of this, you know, and I, like, even with, you know, some of the, 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 uh, the debauchery that goes on with, you know, all of these soft plays and these calls and these fouls and just, you know, they're not being able to play basketball the way that I think they the should physical contact is that. not. Yeah. And I get it. And, and I know that even recently COVID is really, and there's nobody's fault that they have, they played in a bubble. Like I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy, I didn't, I did not enjoy bubble basketball at all. Like, I didn't enjoy that at all. Like, people were, and I would be like, send people be posting about it on Facebook, like the basketball game, you know, the Lakers and blah, blah, blah. And no one's talking about football. And I'm like, how can y'all enjoy, you know, how y'all enjoying basketball right now the way that it is more than y'all enjoying football? Like, 
it was because just insane to me. And I was, I was like, you forgetting the fact that we used to play basketball on a telephone pole, on telephone poles with crates or a hanger. Like we yeah. used to anything to play basketball, <laughs> right? Crate, yeah. Yeah, with football. You know what I mean? Like with basketball. I get it, but anything. it was just like so. So I didn't get into the bubble. At I all. Like, it was, I was cool. Like, I appreciate this shit because it was just like low. I, I know, I know you did. Yeah, it was what just like watching the homies play in the backyard. Like, oh shit, they play on the dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? That's what I saw. Like, oh, they play in the alley right now. That's what the fuck it looked like. <laughs> That's what the fuck. Yeah, that's like. exactly what it was like, and I was just like, uh. And I know, and I know, it was like the, the the contact was like very minimal. You can't really defend, so people they scoring 120 points. Like I ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to catch COVID, motherfucker. You can have that. You can have all them baskets. You know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know what I'm saying? And but with with after they got everything, and and big ups to whoever kind of like you know planned that out and you know thought that through. And set it up like that way that they did, you know. Shout out to them because that, I mean, whatever team, whoever, like that, kudos to them because that took a lot of thought. Hell yeah. Um, even with getting those players together every day or every game, you know, making sure people got their temperatures checked and however many COVID tests people had to take. Because after, you know, when it first started happening, people, you know, the NBA was it was spreading. And when they got everything situated, I just feel like I didn't. I don't think I ever heard during that whole time that you know anybody had it. So, so big ups to them. And then I was looking at something. Um, bang bang, go ahead, finish what you're talking about. <laughs> I was just saying that. Um, you know, I just appreciate you know how they got that set up. You know, for them to play in a bubble like that. And then I was looking at some some kind of. Not it was kind of like a mini documentary or something like that, and it was just showing how they would have like when especially during the playoffs they would have these chefs come in and you know cook all the meals for the week or whatever the you know three course meals and have them ship you know because COVID so they couldn't go in there with them they had to kind of pack it up and send it by you know a, a, a pickup person and that person deliver it to the person at the hotel wherever they were standing and then the person comes so it was just it I, I felt I'm like wow this is kind of this is really they had to. kind of they yeah had no, to. I get it I get it but the fact that they were able to uh that they you know they they organized that as well as they did in a short amount of time I thought that was I, that was one aspect of it that I really respect well, the other part the other part of that is certain players were documented they put it on social media like look mm-hmm. what they're feeding us well, yeah, that's yeah. That was the that was the beginning. I think yeah. that that part of it was like they, you know, they was kind of tripping on how they were being treated as far as you know the food they had and blah blah blah. And you know, and I mean, I mean, of course, everything is you know, you first do something is going to have you gonna have some room for improvement, you know. So they tweaked it and whatever, and I feel like they got it together. But just even you know, just how they organized it, I thought I that was probably the only thing that I respected about the whole situation. I'm just going to be honest. Okay. Um, because the play, like, again, I, you know, and those, I mean, these are the same dudes you see play basketball. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't, it wasn't what I was hoping to see. You know, I wanted to see 
you know, man to man coverage and all that type of stuff. So it's just like it wasn't. Mm, I couldn't get I couldn't get with it, man. Able to pull it off, but they did pull it off. I do respect that a lot. I respect that a lot. They were able to give us something to look forward to, and Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing that counts for me. Uh, From listening to some of the players talk early on when it first happened, they were like, "Yo, they're not feeding us correctly. They're giving us these trash ass meals." But people who don't understand, you think a guy that performs at that high of a level can eat trash all day, every day. You think you really Absolutely think not, right, yeah. You don't think that yeah. guy needs to have a lean, nice meal, some fruits and vegetables and minerals and vitamins, things that rejuvenate his body and gets him ready to play the next game? You think that motherfuckers, uh, and let me say this, because there are certain guys that do play. We'll talk about this later off the air. After they do play and they don't, they don't have the most, bodies. Yeah, you know, they eat chews, they eat fruities and all that shit, and they won't eat, they eat fried foods. All <laughs> you know, so why well, know who you talking about? <laughs> I'm not saying you know who I talk about. I'm not saying nothing like that. But I'm, what I'm saying is that there are those. When you said fruities. I when you said fruities. I know who you talking about. But go ahead, man. Shut your mouth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You can't eat that shit every day and think that you're gonna you're gonna continue to have. Um, you're not gonna have health issues. You, you just know there's no way you're gonna be at the top level. Look yes. at LeBron, Kobe, KG. Like those guys broke down at the. Now I don't even want to include LeBron, but those other guys broke down after doing double digit years in the league. Right. If you're breaking down before that, people are gonna look at it and go, either you're you're unhealthy, you're injury prone, or you've been doing steroids. And that's only just because of what I heard. That's just because of what I heard, you know. So why do you think that, you know, basketball era of old, those guys weren't really suffering injuries like that? I think they were suffering injuries. Like those guys were all no, not at not nearly as much as as this era of basketball. I just think like, those guys were built different. Like those guys came from different circumstances and it showed. Like Isaiah Thomas was a small guard, but he was a dog. He let you know where he was from. You know what I mean? Like I got to prove to you motherfuckers that I belong out here. You ain't, ain't nobody gonna be a hope. Ain't nobody gonna show me I'm a hope. Ain't nobody gonna hold me. I'm gonna show you motherfuckers that I belong on on this fucking court, and they all had that that aggression. Like, if you gonna test me, I'm gonna go out on my shield, knowing that this is what I well, this is what I know when I do. Mm-hmm. Right? You're looking at a different type of player now. Like, for fourth place, everybody wants to be rewarded. Back then, motherfuckers, you only got rewarded for first and second. Like that was it. Now yeah. everybody wants to be rewarded for making the playoffs and all this other shit. Like. Now people want to re- be rewarded for making making fourth spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention, third place, fourth, second place. But it's a different era. Um, it, it, it's just so different because you're looking at these guys and you're going, you want credit for something for for doing for almost getting there. It's like who who's gonna honor that? In, in the history in the history books, no one remembers third place like just just go back who how often do they remember third place at any sport 
When you yeah, go yeah. Chris, when you go Tom Brady won this year, this year, this year, this year, this year. Who was third place? Right. You may yeah. remember the team that he played or the team mm-hmm. that he lost to when he played the Giants. He lost twice to the the, the, the New York football Giants. Mm-hmm. You remember the third and fourth team that he played that was that played before they played the Super Bowl? Not at all. I fucking don't. <laughs> I don't either. I don't no even. Mind, no one's mind focuses on that. They focus on number one and maybe number two. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like boxing. Because there has to be a number two, right? Well, they focus on... Yeah, it has to be number two. And they focus on number two because the number... Obviously, number two is the loser. So, you gotta, you gotta say, well, the winner lost... The winner beat number two, the loser. So, it has to be... You have to be mentioned when you talk about the winner. That's it. That's it. There is no there is no honorable mention. And we're going to give up this trophy. This gold <laughs> trophy to the honorable mentoring who came in fourth. And nobody give no fuck about that shit. And if you're a really competitive person, that shit is going to upset you and it's going to bother you that somebody is giving you a trophy for coming in fourth place. Or third. You want to win. That was a whole goal to win. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think so, too. So the league is just different now. Like it's yeah, it's it's a lot different, especially when you have, you know, a lot of you know situations or instances where you have the team, you know, the super teams. Um, and even though I, maybe okay, people will say, well, the Bulls, '90s Bulls, were the super team. Uh, they kind. I mean. They kind of weren't. I don't think they. I, I won't call them necessarily call them a super team. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just feel like you know nowadays it's just more emphasis put on who's playing on your team. You know, and no one. Out, again, is that goes back to you know my statement about cultivating talent. Like no one seems to be interested in that anymore. Um, it's not, it's not something that people, you know, have patience doing. I mean, it's such a, it's such a different time where, you know, everything is, you set out to, to do one thing and no one want to really takes necessary steps to get there. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, and back in MJ days or whatever, it, it was a lot harder and you had a lot of more, you had a lot more, in my opinion, you had a lot more variety of, teams that you would see year to year contending for the championship whereas nowadays you see like the same teams every year contending and the other just, part of that is that those guys could really like be physical back then now you can't and that's true too and that's another that's when I, that was one of my points where a lot of you know a lot of those guys really um was able to put everything out on the court and and not be penalized for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you had people, you know, players coming off with they eye bleeding, you know, and then they did go put a, eye, a bandaid on and they, they back out there playing, yeah. you know, um, you know, there was, there was no taking games off. You, you didn't take days off. You, I mean, it was just different. Like you said, it was just, they were built different. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a lot, it's a lot different now. Uh, that era and let me say this too, because I think the Rockets had Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon at one point, but mm-hmm. they didn't win. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They, they did not win. They were a bunch of older guys. Maybe did, did they win? They made one or two rings or whatever it was. Um, well, they they, they won one. Yeah, I can't remember because what wasn't Mike his Russell face was on there. It was a wrap for that, and then it was Clyde. No, there was uh, Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, and another guy. So there are different guys who tried to do it with the three, and it just didn't work. I just think it's just a matter of chemistry and, and chemistry. Yeah, and absolutely chemistry, and also just like you know, again, utilizing the talent in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So because even like. Even, you know, the Derrick Rose era with the Bulls, there's no way. They, and, like, they contended the hell out of those. Like, they they were huge contenders, you, you know, and, and that's one thing you can't take away from them. And people will say, well, this person or that person wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. But when you, you know, you look at, you know, Derrick Rose, Nate Robinson, Taj Gibson, Jimmy but you know, you look you looked at that that crew as a whole they were efficient as hell they were efficient as hell and I think that they definitely just wasn't put in the position to contend for a championship I mean they I mean again they were several times they went to the they went to the playoffs a couple of times but it's still you know that they lacked something um, yeah, they lacked the actual superstar player like Carmelo Anthony that's what they were lacking yeah, and I even I mean, I think uh, even even call, even call with that, all the spade is spade. They needed a star player. It don't matter if it was LeBron James. But you don't so so so, so you don't think that you don't think that D Rose was their star player. He was he was their all star player, but they needed a okay. superstar like that guy that could go out and give you 30, 40, 40 points. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosh, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You had that. You had Derrick Rose, and then you had a star. You then you had regular players, right? Who was the next guy? Right. Derrick Rose. Shit. Um. Was it was it was a Joe Kim Noah, right? Maybe. Taj Gibson. Um, yeah, it's no disrespect Taj to Taj Gibson. Era. Maybe yeah. Taj Gibson, whoever it was, and it's no disrespect. But even when they had John Salmons, no disrespect to those guys. But even John Salmons, we don't even know what the hell he is now. But um. You had Derrick Rose, and there was nobody. Who was his co-star? There was nobody. So besides Derrick Rose, who could get you 30, 40 points a night? Nobody. Mm -hmm. It would have been awesome if Carmelo would have came here and done that shit. It would have been awesome if if Chris Bosh would have came here and done that. Man, we would have set ourselves up for a lifetime of of winning at a a higher level because we would have evened the playing field. Mm -hmm. We didn't. We didn't, and I think that's probably part of uh, what I know as the Jordan curse. That's going to just be there for a while until they figure out how to win, until they figure out how to get over the hump, and management becomes better, and you get people in there that really just want to win. They want to win. They they know basketball, and they want to win. Until Mm -hmm. then, there's a curse that looms over them because Jordan was one of one, and Scottie Pippen was one of one. And a lot of those players, Dennis Rodman was one of one. Those guys came together with a goal and they, and they, and they achieved it over and over and over again. And we're not going to I think that. a lot of those times, I think what the difference is too, those guys back then put the game ahead of 
their personal shit. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Facts. Like Scottie Pippen, you I found out, you know, you found out shit like Scottie Pippen wasn't making no money. But guess what? He still went out there and put it all on the on, on the court. So those guys had a different mentality. Like, I don't care what whatever issues going on behind closed doors, I'm gonna come out here and, and give it 110% every night on the court. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and but again, it's business, and I understand, you know, you didn't get your money or whatever. But listen, I would have done. I would have went in there and told them, "Hey, we gonna ball every night, regardless mm-hmm. of what's going on. We gonna ball every fucking night." But if you ain't got it like that, if you don't have, look at the teams that they had. Like mm-hmm. Mike instilled a certain culture with them to win, and they showed that when they did the last the last dance documentary. Mm-hmm. He instilled a certain culture. But even with Scotty, Scotty instilled certain things that he was willing to do and the, the way that the team should play. So you don't see that. You don't see yeah. that. And that's and and and, and too, another thing that I think you should point out, I should point out is too, is that you who in the league now that other players look up to the way they looked up to Mike. Like and people, you say the easy choice is LeBron James, right? But even with that, um, I just feel like with Mike, it was just that regardless of, you know, and you find out later on that some of them really didn't get along with him or whatever the case may be. But it was just that that level of respect for his hustle and love respect for his game and a lot of times a lot of it was admiration because regardless if you you hated him or loved him you had to respect him for what he did on the court so who do you think now like who who has who gets that amount or level of respect from other players in the league whether you plan whether they're opponents or teammates outside of Chris Paul and LeBron James I don't know Mm. but here's the thing and he's Chris Paul going to the Suns, right? Correct. He's going to the Suns. Um, but the thing about it was in that era, I don't think anybody was looking to Mike. I think they mm-hmm. didn't have a certain level of respect for Mike or they fear Mike because of what they knew that what, what was coming on the court. Mm-hmm. In this era of basketball we see now, we see more togetherness. More True. Good. More togetherness, more predictability. Yeah, you, you see guys um, along with each other a lot more. Yeah, because I, I know a lot of them are definitely friends outside of basketball. Yeah, so, even, even on the court, like yeah, yeah. sacrifice a little bit more to get to a certain point that they're, they're willing to do that. Mike went so I did the podcast with Clifford Murky, and in the podcast, Cliff said. Because I asked him, I said, why didn't you recruit any, like, Bobby Simmons and any of these guys to come to the V? <clears throat> Cliff said, man, I was trying to kill them niggas, man. That's what, that was yeah. that was his response. I was trying to kill them niggas. And I get that. When you're competitive, you're not trying to be on the be same friends. side. Yeah. Like, I'm trying That's to good. destroy you. Like, I want people to know that as good as you are, I can give you 40 mm-hmm. every night. As good as you are, I'm still better than you. And... That's I think uh, that is that is also a lost art with and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having that camaraderie with your fellow teammates and your opponents. Um, but 
again, I think that aspect kind of overshadows the competitiveness of what you would that what you would like to see in a in a, in a you know in a contention um, against two teams, you know. So I just I just miss this. So that's I think that's a huge part of what I miss, you know, in in basketball these days. Um, again, it's still it's still a great sport. Um, but I just miss that competitiveness and where you get down, like, you know, to the gritty part of the, you know, just hustling for the ball, you know, people using their bodies as everything. Dennis Rodman's perfect example. Um, even, even the, 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 um, <laughs> Meta world peace, like, <laughs> you know, those guys, like, you know, the Robert Ori's and, you know, the Shacks and the Kevin Garnett's and, you know, and, and shout out to Rondo, you know, he's, I don't know, that guy is like impossible, like to, you know, to still be playing on the level that he is and still with the high, you know, skill set, the way that he does is just amazing to me. Yeah, that's not um, going to go away when you're just like a floor general. Yeah, yeah, man. You're gonna he, the way he yeah the way he facilitates that ball is ridiculous even now to this day um but those guys yeah you know so he's doing also he's a perfect example of i think of that you know that even that basketball iq and just still carrying that from back when he was playing against the michael jordans and, and against the kobe's um to now so yeah, so yeah, he's 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 definitely um, proven himself. I think. Yeah, but but um, that, that level of of respect, integrity, and fierceness that you want is just it just isn't there as, as far as I see. The only there is very few people that show it. Like I see it in Devin Booker. I see it in Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah. I don't see it in I don't I don't see it in too many other people. Um, dang, yeah. I see it in him and CJ McCullough. Like I see it in them. Uh, recently with uh Denver uh, what's his name Murray like I, I've seen it with them but it's very rare to see it now like those guys back then they wanted to contend compete yeah even with like even even though I can't really I hate his guts but <laughs> Patrick Beverly like he's one of those guys that yeah, have that he's like, one. You know, yeah you know what I'm saying like that that oh that that griminess about winning and, and contending in basketball you know, that your opponents are your enemies, you know, so to speak, and not even maybe literally, but, you know, on That's the court, fine, they are your you enemies, know, you know. A defensive player and, and none, no offense was so, well, very little offense, I should say. Like, yeah, very little offense, absolutely. Like, you know, we were seeing a guy do average like 14, 15 points and like seven, eight assists, but we don't see that. Like he's a lockdown defender at that. At mm -hmm. that uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like what we're expecting – and this is the thing where I tell people all the time, we can't, it has to change. Like everything changes every 10 years, right? The way mm -hmm. pop music is changes, like everything just changes every 10 years. So right. we're in that era now where these guys are just cool with being cool. Mm -hmm. They're cool yeah. with being cool. As great as a, a scorer as a James Harden may be, like for us, that's just cool. But it doesn't do, it doesn't do nothing for us. And I'm hoping that James Harden, for him, he realizes, like, yo, scoring a bunch of points is cool, but winning is a lot better. Like, 
winning championships, like that will define what I what I've done, you know. Absolutely. And for and that's, him, that's, I think listen, that's what solidifies. Yeah. Let me say. Let me. So we can say whatever we want. This is solidifies. It it makes his legacy concrete. Right. Maybe he don't give a fuck about winning. And that's and and Maybe yeah, that's that's him, a part so of what's missing too, what though. Yeah, that's the part of what's missing. You have, and not to say everybody has to have this dogmatic mentality where you know I'm blood, sweat, and tears. I'm gonna, you know, whatever. I guess not. Everybody's not gonna have that. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, but when you, but you expect that from your, your quote unquote greats. You know what I'm saying? You expect that from the people that, you know, you're looking at the, the you know, Harden's like, okay, he's a, he's a, he's a, of course he's an offensive goat if you want to use that term, because he's the scorer, you know what I'm saying? But where does that meet with, how does that align with, you know, the passion and the fire and desire to win and to, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. What if his level of success is just scoring titles, right? We always, we, we, me and you have talked about that. My level yeah. of success People may want me to make thirty million dollars a year. What if? What if it's only three million? What if that's all I desire is three million dollars? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah what if for him scoring thirty six points a game is just fine with him? Like it, it for him it says I was able to compete on the same level as Michael Jordan. What if that's what if that's all he wants? Yeah, I get it. And that's maybe maybe I, maybe I don't play basketball. I can I don't I can't do yeah, actually can't do what they do. But it's just the fact that, you know, not to judge it, but it just, it just makes me wonder, like, why do it? And I, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I guess I just can't really, you know, I guess there's a level of disconnect where you, when you see somebody play on that level, as far as, you know, getting scoring titles or whatever, but it, you know, it ends there. Like what happens, what happened to being that all around person where, you know, you're scoring, but you're also, you know, you have, you have assists and you block and you steal and, you know, you're just, you know, you're all over the court and, and it potentially, you know, you, you, you win titles and, you know, you, you, you get all these accolades, you know, to match, you know, up to what you've done and to what, how you've performed. And if you're settling and if you're okay with just a few scoring titles every other season, then again, why? I don't know. But I guess this is not, it's not meant to be understood. It's something that you just kind of have to be like, okay, well, this is how this person operates. This is how he thinks. It's him. Like he just yeah, like, it's just him. Scoring, scoring title. What if that's yeah. it? What if yeah. Scoring is it for him? What if he just wanted to prove that, yo, while I was with OKC, they said I couldn't score. For the last four or five years, I showed y'all that I could. Now I'm good now. I submitted my yeah. legacy. I'm one of the best scorers in the game. You know, better yeah. than Kobe, better than Mike, better than all those guys. What mm -hmm. if that's what if that's all he wants? What if that's all he wants? And we don't know what's gonna happen coming up with this whole situation, situation I say, with uh this trade or, or whatever's gonna happen, right? So yeah. we still have to make room for that and, and find out what's gonna happen. Is he gonna be a a net or 76er, like we don't know. We don't know. I think he should go to the uh 76ers, but that's just me. You know, I don't think he should go to the I don't think he should go to the Nets because no, all you guys need the ball. The only person that don't need the, that does not need the ball on that team is Kevin Durant because he could pull up from yeah. anywhere. 
Absolutely. 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 I'm just going to say that they already have Kevin Durant. So Yeah, you got Kevin uh, Durant. He can pull up from anywhere. And if mm-hmm. you're going to do it, then that means that you have to get rid of Kyrie Irving because he's the guy that needs the ball. Um, yeah. And we've seen him on different teams. Not no disrespect to him. I'm not a basketball player. I don't know. But Pimp, when I'm watching you play, and you've been on these teams that are dynamic, Boston looked better with Boston looked like they could do it without you. Fucking, of course, King James could do the shit without you. Like anywhere he goes, he just he just puts championship on any team like that. Just throw that shit up and go, bro. Mm, yeah. Now, yeah. Now with with the Nets. It was cool with you, but it looks better knowing that he's there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. knowing that KD is there makes that whole situation look a lot different. And it makes it oh yeah, different. absolutely. And now absolutely. having James Harden maybe being there or being there, we don't know what's gonna happen. That makes that situation look golden. And when when you say that, you could just say, well, we don't need. Do we need Kyrie? Because we could get rid of him and just let James average 25 points and 10 assists a game. And that's interesting. That's inter- That would be interesting to me because if he does go to the Nets, like, it's just like, okay, you go. So, of course, we know that, you know, you coming from a team, um, you come, match, they matched you up with Russell Westbrook. And as dynamic as Russell Westbrook is, like, an explosive that he is like, and and don't get me, he's he's definitely um, an offensive weapon. Why I don't, why didn't it work with with him? Like I don't know, because so I don't know. I don't know what would make it work with, with huh? In my opinion, you you got two guys who need the ball. Like they both need to drive and get to the lane. Okay. So when you got two guys like that, that means that someone is going to be ball dominant, mm-hmm. right? If if I want the ball and you want the ball, that's not good. So who on the team is going to sacrifice and say, yo, I know how to move better without the ball? Absolutely. Okay. Makes sense. James Harden, he needs, you see the shit that he doing, crossing <laughs> over, step back, like the, the shit he do is ignorant. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm saluting him when I say it, like you his fucking basketball game is ignorant. What does Russ, what what does Russ do? Russ comes down, he drives by you, he gets to the bucket, or he pulls up from shots that you he supposed that you would think he would make, and he doesn't make them. Mm, yeah, like that's true. Maybe twenty seven percent shooting from three point land. Like mm-hmm. so, the stuff that you need him to be better at, as far as turnovers and making key shots. It's not that good, and, and that's not to say anything bad. It's just just calling it what it is. Yeah. If he was good at that, it would make him look a lot better, but it doesn't. Yeah. Because yeah. of that, you know, you're looking at the situation and going, okay, somebody needs to get off this team. Well, both of y'all need to get off this team, and I need to rebuild. But in the yeah. process of rebuilding, I need to I need to get something from other teams if I give you guys up. Um, Harding, Harding and him are just great players, but I would keep one. If I could, if I could trade, if I could keep James Harden in Houston and get Joel Embiid, mm. that would work for me and get rid of Russ. Like here, take Russ, such and such, such, package him in the deal or whatever, or get James Harden to 
Philadelphia, right? Get him out of the East Coast because it's that. Right. Send him mm-hmm. over to the no, get him out of the West Coast, I should say. Send him right, to the right, right. Coast. The West Coast is that, yeah. You send him to the West Coast and then you get rid of Simmons and let him go play with Russ, I guess, for maybe a year. But that's not going to work because uh, what's his name? Whoever do Simmons. Mm-hmm. He needs the ball. He got. He has to be able to drive. So you got him and Russ that still need to be able to drive. It would be the same thing. Like, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. But I would. I, I know. Keeping James Harden would be the biggest piece. Hey, we gonna go get a big man that can ball. The only thing is, even with getting Joel Joel Embiid, is health and making sure he stays underweight mm-hmm. and making sure that he's dedicated. We haven't seen a dedicated big man. Since who? Since Shaquille O'Neal. And after a few years, he kind of fell off. He didn't give a fuck. Kobe even talked about this. Like, yo, Shaq started getting fat. So I started getting mad. But Yeah, I know. That was that was a, that was a that was hard to watch when he when he went to the Celtics and he was shit when he, he ended up feeling my G. I was like, ah. When he wouldn't when he was on when he got with the Celtics and he was like dragging up and down that court hobbling and I was like Lord Shaq just let it go. Yeah, I was like, it was over, big fella. Yeah. After that, after that Miami series, I was like, all right, it's done. He went to Phoenix. He called himself the big cactus. I was like, ah man, it's time to go, big dog. <laughs> yeah, man. So but I mean, you know. We've been talking for a minute, P here. We have. We have been on here for a good little while, brother. Yeah, man. My man, my man, we've been on here for a minute, chit-chatting. Words of the biggest Listen. bird of the biggest birds. <laughs> but it's it's good. It's good conversation, you know. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the, I but I did I invite myself? I think I invited myself. To what? On here, I think I invited myself on your podcast. No, um, it was basically me reaching out to you, asking you to be okay. Um, anybody who (laughs) has invited themselves onto my podcast has been met with twenty-one questions in my own head. Like, because I don't, I don't think they get like I choose the people I want to talk to, right? Mm. Um, Makes sense. It's different. Their experience in life is different, um, but it adds to the diversity. Uh, yeah. Of guests that I want to have on here, it, it, it shows yeah. everybody isn't the same. You know. Um, Absolutely. One of the stupid things I heard years ago was that that all black people know each other just because there's not that many of us. Well, let me dis dispel that type of room. There's like 40 million black people that live in America. You think I know all 40 million motherfucking people? <laughs> to even think that I know half of 40 million people. That's insane. That is insane. So the people that come up with these stupid fucking ideas are just dumb ignorant, stupid motherfuckers that come up with these crazy ass things that we somehow know each other and I, I don't get it and it's not up for me to get 
It's just right. Like, yeah, like, you can't be racist. Try to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, this is dumb and racist, and they just don't understand anything. You really think I? Let's say I only. Let's say it's only thirty million black people in America. You think all thirty million of us know each other? <laughs> really? <laughs> Even if it was fifteen million, you know, do you think I really know fifteen million fucking people? I don't want to know that many people. I don't even want to know. <laughs> you know how many Facebook requests I would get? If I Lord, I can't imagine. Even a million people, if I knew a million people. You know how rich I would be if I knew a million people? Listen. So the fact that people use that type of stupid logic lets me know that, you know, as much as technology may progress, the minds of individuals is stagnant and stupid and ignorant because they, whatever they've been taught and whoever they've been taught by left the most stupidest impression of all time to believe that type of shit. Oh, I thought all black people knew each other. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> oh my God, friend. Like, you just that think, is a very bizarre statement. It might have been, but it, it but that's what it sounds like to me when I hear oh, all black people knew each other. Oh, well, just go <laughs> fuck your mother. You know you get what I'm saying? Oh, we all know each other. No, well, go fuck your mother. How does that sound for you? You know, like it doesn't make any sense, right? How do you think 15, 30, 45 million people just know each other? 40 million black people, we just all know each other. No, well, you guys just have a lot of the same skin tone. Do we? It's funny that you say that, and in, in this, in in people that will hear this probably, you know, will probably try to refute that statement that you've been, you know, presented with that question or that statement. But it has happened to me in the corporate world, in corporate America, where people that, for instance, will come in for meetings or, you know, events or whatever the case would have been, and they automatically, and some were people of color, and they automatically assumed because we were people of color that we had some type of relation to each other, whether it be through friendship, you know, business-wise, whatever, they felt like we should automatically, they, they automatically assumed that we, we, we knew each other. And these people would come from all different kinds of places, other states, whatever. And it was just like, now this person you know, totally different, you know, other side of the, the, the world or the way, you know, New York or California, wherever they were coming from, why would we know each other? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this dog. He on, he on, he on 10. He's not really well socialized. So every little dog you see, coming through the, you know, he looks through the window and he'd be like, just ready to jump at him. So he barks, but anyway. He's protective. That's, that's yeah. Funny. But anyway, um, what I was saying, you would think that, you know, people, they assumed that because, you know, we were of the same heritage or skin tone or whatever, that we, you know, that we had some type of connection and just like, no, I never seen this person a day in my life. You know, why would you assume that? So that, so I can attest to that happening to you because it has happened to me. You know, people have automatically assumed that 
you know, we was cousins. Yeah. But when you, you know? say that, it make it upset, though. Oh, y'all, all white people look like, I, you know, I thought you guys knew each other. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you mean by that, buddy? You know, and it's just like, well, <laughs> all you guys look alike, right? All you guys have the same fucking skin tone. And hold on, what's, what the fuck does that mean? It's just like, just what I fucking said. Right, Lyndon. No, he's he's a no. Dog along, he agreeing. Yeah, but he's he be doing this when I be in work, when I be working from home, and I be on a conference call. He do that. He be like, I swear, like I be like, sorry, y'all, that my dog is tripping. He's agreeing. What's going on? But it's crazy they do that, and when they, when people says, oh, so you really think that we? So when you say the same thing to them. They sit there and look and she's like, no, we don't. Like, that's insulting. Oh, oh, so it's insulting for you, but it's not insulting for me. Because all mm-hmm. black people must know each other. But you have the same skin tone as a person looking right next to you. None of y'all skin tone vary. And none of y'all can be the same. But but we have to be. So all that type of stuff, I just stop. When I listen to people say that type of stupid shit, I just shut up. I just shut up because it lets me know that there is a lack of understanding and and uh, yeah, it's a lack of understanding and just, at the same time. It, yeah, it's just ignorance, you know. Just yeah. you know, oh, not really. Not you guys, you know, because you look alike. I don't look like mm. anybody like that. <laughs> I look like the descendants of. The people that were stolen, kidnapped, and abducted from Africa. That's who I look like. I may look like somebody from an old Oaxaca uh, uh, symbol or, or feature. I may look like somebody from Benin or Ghana or Cameroon. But mm. we all don't look alike. No. Like right now, looking at me and you, we don't fucking look alike. Absolutely not. No. The, the, you know, the, 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 it's, it's, it's intriguing knowing that there's so many different breakdowns of a race, whereas you have so many different varieties of how, you know, we look and how we differ from each other. Um, so it's, so, so making that statement is, within itself it's it's very false you know um to begin with even you know there even because there's really no basis because we differ so much and just you know how we there's so many different varieties of just you know features and skin complexions and hair types and body types and facial feet there i mean it's countless like you know so you know, I just I don't so I, so 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 for me to you know try to understand how you know those assumptions are made, um, it just it, it boggles my mind again because you know the fact that we have so many different layers yeah. to 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 our 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 makeup and yeah, I just stop I just stop. Um... I stop giving energy to questions, comments, and things like that because it just lets me know that people are still closed-minded. Mm-hmm. 
and they aren't aware of anything that goes on around them. They haven't read any real books. Anything that they've read or watched is basically off of opinion and, and favoritism, right? Bias, mm-hmm. bias. So when bias. you like that, you got to realize that they haven't taken the time to really be around uh, other groups of people. They ha- they don't ha- come from a diverse background, and they're probably not going to try to switch things up either so when you hear things that all you guys look alike um if you don't if you know the person is is being sarcastic that's one thing so you can crack right but when they're being sincere or they're not just being sincere because they're not being sincere when they're being honest and they say stupid shit like that you you know what that is you just chalk it up to what it is and just go all right cool let me not talk to this person they Mm -hmm. may consider it a win for them but it's you really using your inner power in the better part of yourself to not engage in ignorance and stupidity with, with dumbasses like that, because I'm, I'm the guy who did indulge with them. It was me. It was me who indulged with them and had a whole conversation with them and a conversation went in my favor or at times, even when it didn't go in my favor, it was me arguing with a bunch of dickheads who did. But it's just, but whether it went in your favor or not, it's, it's very draining and exhausting. You know what I'm saying? Um, it becomes because it's like you're trying to, re- you have to repeat the same thing over yeah. and over and over. You're arguing with you make this, Yeah, you know, and for people that who a lot of times are choosing to not understand you or not, you know, get a depiction, a true depiction of where you're coming from. Um, you know, they ain't trying to feel you. So off the bat, it's like, you just basically, you know, wasted your time and energy, yeah. you know, spewing your knowledge on people who are, are who gonna, who are rejecting it. Yeah, they got a whole know. course filled up. They blocked yeah. that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And my homie Juan, Juan was like, yo, bro, stop. He told me one day, he was like, yo, stop. He said, cause you're trying to get through the people who don't want to, who don't, they, they know what they know and that's it. Like they don't want nobody to tell them anything different. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly what it is. He was like, bro, he said, I did, he said, I did this already. And I seen this, I seen this episode so many times. Stop. He said, cause you're going to fuck up one day. He said, and instead of you being as angry as you are, you're going to make the mistake and you're going to walk across the line and you're going to do something. He said, bro. And he said, as lovely as I would love to see you hurt somebody, I would rather you stop now because and, 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 it's going to only get bad. It's going to only get and bad. To the, and the flip side of that, you they may try to do something to you. Yo, you I know? And I mean, I get that, but it's just the fact that, I mean, it's the perfect, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's a Bible scripture that says, don't cast your, your, your pearls amongst wine. Um, and that's exactly what that means. You know, stop, stop, you know, giving truth or giving knowledge and, and you, you know, your good usage of common sense to people who want to just basically purposely reject you anyway, you know, and because you're, and because you're knowledgeable and because you, you're educated and because what you're saying probably makes all the sense in the world that, you know, either is going to, you know, either anger them, ignite some type of, you know, envious spirit or jealous spirit and, or just basically just flat out you know, try to mis- purposely misunderstand you and not try to see where you're coming from. Yes. And hence rejection. So at oh, that point, it's, you, you just- argue with fools. 
Yeah. So at that point, it's just, you don't, you just don't waste it. You don't waste your value, your valuable gems on those type of people. Yeah. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. After one told me that shit, he was like, bro, stop. He said, as much as I would love to see you get into a, one of these guys and fuck them up. So you, he said, you, you're trying to fight a battle that you that you in the end you will lose more than you will gain from it by trying to help somebody because they don't want to learn nothing they're not trying to learn they know what they know and that's it he said these yeah. guys are pieces of, they they are pieces of shit we can't continue to argue with those type of guys and it was at the time where I was upset I, you know like I was boiling hot and he was oh like, yeah he's like let that shit go man go to the bathroom he's like wipe your face off. Come back out here. I'll pour you another drink, and we'll just sit here and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it can definitely get heated. You know, I've even been in conversations and debates with people, even like on social media, you know, about stuff. And it's just it's it's like, you know, you can go back and forth with somebody all day, and you just basically find yourself repeating yourself, saying the same thing over and over again, but basically trying to find a more creative way or more or, or, uh, alternative version of what you your basis is to make somebody or help somebody understand where you're coming from and it just doesn't, it's useless. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Because mm-hmm. I started out by saying that this, this year has been mentally tough on both of us, yeah. right? How are you mentally? Because I know, um, yeah. So oh, I, wow. Um, it is. I know for myself, um, having my bottle of wine and being able to elevate and put myself in another state has helped me. But being able to talk to people so I can get some of this shit off my chest has helped me as well. Oh, yeah. So absolutely, it, it has allowed me the chance to let go and release some of the stuff that's bothering me. Like, mm-hmm. where are you right now mentally? Um, yeah, first, uh, addressing that, this this outlet, I think um, it's a good term. Um, I feel it a lot. I mean, I think it's dope. I think it's a great way to be expressive and to kind of blow off some steam um, and, 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 and because you may not have the opportunity otherwise. So kudos to you um for for putting this thought putting this thought together putting this idea together and getting it started um but me mentally oh man um I I I don't I don't know like I have my days like today I'm good even right now I'm very much so enjoying this conversation I'm being you know enlightened enlightened and I'm being um you know, I'm having the opportunity to, you know, have my my thought process jogged and all kinds of things. Um, so this is definitely therapeutic um, in a sense. But a lot of days, I you know, I'm just I'm not I'm not doing well, and I'm just being transparent. Um, I've lost quite a few people this year. Um, very close, you know, very people, very close people that, you know, that just are, you know, that those integral people in your family that, you know, you just don't do well with their loss, with them leaving. So, 
Um, so that has happened and just, you know, having, you know, I mean, the one positive thing that, you know, has happened, I did get engaged in February, but even with that, you know, his family, he's dealt with a lot of loss and a lot of, you know, different things that have just kind of taken place that just kind of like out of nowhere. So um, together, like collectively, individually, like I think that we've just really, you know, taken a lot of hits, but um, on top of everything, I just, I am, I do try to remain grateful. I, tr I try to remain positive as much as possible because I'm still able to work. I'm still able to, you know, keep a roof over my head. I'm still able to provide for my daughter. Um, you know, you know, for the most part, my family, the ones that are still here are doing well. And, um, you know, I still have people that I'm, that I can reach out to and talk to or whatever. So those things that, you know, help me, you know, day to day, it is a, it is a definitely a day by day situation. Um, and again, most days I'm just feeling like, uh, I don't feel like it, whatever, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just not feeling it, you know, but I find ways to push through. I find ways to, again, um, triumph and, you know, you know, just, you know, try my best to, to change my outlook and my perspectives and, and be optimistic and be positive and, you know, speak those affirmations over myself um, that are necessary and be, you know, and have to be present, you know, I have to be present for my daughter and, you know, my loved ones that are, that are going through as well, you know what I'm saying, my friends and people that I, you know, I support emotionally and, you know, just by being able to have those conversations that are needed um, to, to help them through their day. So, um, so I, you know, I pull from somewhere. I thank God that um, I'm still, you know, able body and able mind and everything that has happened has not, you know, taken me out. But, um, but I will say that even though I'm not really there, there yet, you know, hundred percent all, you know, all the way back to my old self. Um, I am grateful for these experiences. And I, again, like you mentioned earlier that, you know, you see yourself in a different light. You learn things about yourself that you didn't know. Um, and I've definitely have that, had the opportunity to get to know myself a lot better um, because I didn't know at first. And I don't know if it's age or, or what it is or this pandemic or whatever the case may be, or, you know, everything that has happened. Um, I have a very, um, I don't give up attitude and, and it's not to be mean or negative or to, to, to shade or anything, but it's just that if, you know, if it's not necessary and if it's, you know, it's, you know, drama or whatever the case may be, I don't have to, I don't have to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with it. I don't have the time or energy to deal with it. Um, I'm all about positivity. I'm all about love and, you know, and, and family and friends and, you know, and enjoying life while we can and, you know, and that's it. But, yeah, that's, I think that's where I am. And I'm, and I, like I said, every day is, it, you know, it gets better. It gets better every day. Is there anything that you want to tell people who may be struggling with 
feeling down or feeling distraught or left? Um, I think the most important thing is to know where your genuine support comes from. Um, whether that's through prayer, whether that's through family, whether that's through counseling, whatever that is, you need to know where that comes from. And you have to purposely, purposefully make up in your mind every day to rise above whatever your issues are, um, whatever your problem is, whatever's going on, whatever's trying to you know, get you down, whatever, you have to purposely tell yourself that whatever it is, I'm gonna have a good day today. I'm happy, I'm this, I'm that. You have to speak those things. You have to tell yourself that every single day. You have to intentionally seek out that positivity. And like I said, whatever source you get that from, you have to know what that source is and you have to tap into that because it's easy and it's, it's, it's so easy. And I think the way human, humans are wired in most, in most cases is that it's easy for us to worry. It's easy for us to, you know, be negative. It's easy for us to de be depressed and, you know, be negative. But when it's time to say, hey, it's gonna be a good day or hey, I feel good or hey, I'm happy. Why is it such a struggle? It's so hard for us to find that inner strength to really, you know, perpetuate that in our own lives, in our minds. Um, so that's why I say you have to be intentional with speaking those things and believing it for yourself. And, and regardless of what you see, your whole world can be crashing, but, you know, you have to, you have to put that effort in to say, I'm getting up today. I'm going to do something constructive. I'm going to do something positive. I'm gonna have some self-care, do some self-care, whatever that is, do it. But you have to purposely do it because otherwise you will you you can you can lose yourself into whatever your circumstances, you can lose yourself into whatever's happening around you, the negativity. Things aren't, you know, what they what you would like them to be, but you have to find it in yourself to rise above it. Oh. Dope. I like that. <laughs> Word, big bird. <laughs> Word. Word. Um, Man. I think that's everything. I think we covered everything. Yeah. No. I think we did. I, we covered a lot. How many? What time is it? 10 o'clock. Oh, man. Yeah. It's fast. My bad time. I'll be asleep. It goes, it goes, it goes fast when you start getting people to talk. I know, right? When you start talking, is because I love to talk now. Yeah. I, oh, I know. <laughs> we, hanging out. we hanging out in real life. We get it in. Hey, I can so, go, baby. I can talk right now with your. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we can talk about people, your mama, your daddy, everybody. You know. Hey, I don't, I talk about it. I'll. All of it. All of it. And we have a good time. You know, yeah. Talk about your babies, your kids, all that. And you won't yeah, even whatever. talking about with your kids. Oh, your kid looks so cute. You know, oh, thank you. And then the whole time <laughs> assassinating right. your child. Assassinating your child. Your whole child to be a, 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 a Ruby's cube by the time we done with that with that baby. <laughs> little pork. We'll we tear that little kid up. You won't even know. 
He is be burning. Mommy, my ears burning. I don't know. <laughs> ain't got no cold. Ain't got no no flu or no virus. We over there talking about your kid like a motherfucker. But you know, that's just us. That's what we do when we out. That's what we, we do. That's what we do, man. It's always you know always good conversation. You know, and this ain't even this is look. This is the tip of the iceberg basically because we talk about some of the craziest shit like i don't know what you're talking about you know what we be talking about i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> listen you know what we talk about we got we got us we got to screw our third eye on well, i don't know what you're talking about i just go to work mm-hmm. and i come home and i make music and i do laundry and i drink wine and i yeah, I do. I drink wine, and that's another thing that has like literally been keeping me like, is that is that drink? Yeah, I, I like I got bottles of wine. I got bottles of that wine. drink keeps me woo, because I you know that's the only thing I can do basically. So yeah, yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave though, right, right there. That. Wine is good for you. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It is. I love you know, Pinot Noir and I love it. Does what it, it does what it do. I love me some Pinot. I love me some Cap. Mayomi. Pinot Noir is good. Just in case y'all don't know. Shout out oh. to Mike for putting me on to the bread and butter Kaepernick. Mmm. Going out stuff just in case people want to try. I shouldn't be because you motherfuckers will go and drink all this shit and I won't have nothing. Do you know what? What? what, What's your? What's your? So typically, because I won't drink wine if it's under, if it's under a certain percentage. Really? You know the alcohol volume. Now some of them I will because I like the taste, but my main goal is to get that little buzz that you get from wine. And if you if you under a certain percentage, you typically ain't gonna really get it. So I try to I typically try to stay away from those, you know, those little Kool-Aid wines. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know that I don't do no sweet wine. We ain't gonna do none of that. So like, yeah, no so if you talking about five percent. No disrespect to nobody that drinks the no, stuff. No, no shade, none. Like Kool-Aid, carbonated Kool-Aid, that's what you drink. <laughs> um but when we talking wine, like drinking real wine, like not not NyQuil syrup and all that's like when we're talking real wine. Like, yeah, you you already know how we do. You you hang out with me. I don't, I don't yeah. know like I, I like yeah. to, I like to have a glass or two of nice some nice wine and chill out. Like you know that. So when it's just me and you or us in a group and everybody is doing what they're doing, I'm gonna have me a nice little glass of wine and I'm gonna sip and I'm gonna chill. Yeah, I definitely can give you some recommendations as far as wine goes, but I'm not big. Yeah, you can. T- yeah, you can definitely give me some recommendations because I'm. I'm just. I like trying different ones. Um, you know, I'll go. You know, when I'm going to get my normal bottles, I'll just kind of look at it, you know, and then you know they be having what well, they used to. They don't have no more to, to taste things, but um, I'll just you know I'll just kind of you know go up and down the aisles to see in the wine section just to see, you know, if I want to, if something sticks out at me, I want to try it. Marianos. Yeah. Yeah. I was with, I was with, um, I know a lot of people like, um, Cooper's Hawk wine. 
Um, so, I mean, I, they have a couple ones that I, that I like. Um, I know their, their Prosecco is really good. Um, and I, I learned that because a friend of mine who, um, who has a membership, but um, there's something I learned that they have this, um, this thing called night jar that I will only drink if I'm at home because it's very, it's very potent, but um, yeah. So I just need some new, I just need you to put me on. Say put man. me on. Say man, I got you, that ain't nothing. Put me on, I need, to, I need some new stuff. Um, Plus for the, you know, I, next week, Thanksgiving. So I want to have some you little spread. Stir it and whip it, whip it while you stir trying with to it. Do, whip it. Whip it. Yeah, you'll be good. You'll be good. That's going to be an excellent weekend for me. It's going to be an excellent. And why is that? Huh? And why is that? Because I'm going to be at home for four days. Oh. I'm going to be at home for three. Well, including Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be at home for five. There you go. I'm gonna be at, I'm gonna be at home. I got some stuff I need to do. Um, ain't nobody come see me because, you know, COVID. Yeah. Uh, I'm an introvert, so yeah. I ain't got to be out around people. I feel you. Thing. I feel you. You introvert, kind of a huh? loner. Kind of a loner. Look, I was raised that way, so. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in I'm kind of in between. I could I could I tend to kind of you know be both. Depends, just depends. You know. Yeah, it depends. For me, but for the most part, I just like being left the hell alone. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, man. Be man. Look, friendships, relationships, whatever the case may be. This. Takes work and absolutely. It's absolutely. yeah, that's a that's a that's a conversation for another time. Yep, yep. Because we. But I just thought I'll go on the record saying that friendships and relationships I'll take work are something to definitely consider. I agree. Yeah, because. And don't get me wrong, beautiful. If you have you have a, a great relationship, a great friendship with somebody, that's amazing. That's amazing. But when those relationships get tested, woo. Not, I mean, not just get tested, but being able to answer the test and keep going, you know, and improve after that. Oh my God, man. And I guess it just it just depends on how you're built because I believe strongly believe in when you have a friendship a relationship with someone that's worth anything and in you know in in nine times out of ten if i'm in if i'm somebody's friend friend and i'm in a relationship with somebody i'm i'm your friend 100 you know up and down all the way so <laughs> testing the, those friendships and stuff that they go through tests and they you know, have the up and ups and downs or whatever, disagreements, whatever, you know, you go through. It's a true testament of how you bounce back. It's a true testament of those friendships and relationships by how you bounce back from, you know. The only type of relationships I don't like is the ones that uh, 
people show jealousy and envy. Those relationships, if they get ruined or scarred, mm -hmm. I, just, I usually just let those go. I don't know if I've ever dealt with oh, a I friend have. that was jealous or whatever. Um, person mad because I got cooler with other people than they wanted mm -hmm. to, and I, I've had to do. I had to deal with that, and then they try to make me look bad in the process. Oh man! Oh yeah, another deal with that. Yeah, was, man, I got some stories. Yeah, people just spreading type all, all type of negative shit just because they want to get you out the way, but it's fine. It's fine, man. God bless those guys, whoever they are. Yeah. Whoever they are. I yeah, I feel that, man. I just, I just wish, like you said, it's just, it's just how you move after you've, you've experienced a test, you know. And because me, I be ready to apologize, say what I need to say, listen to your part, your side of the story, keep it moving, okay. That's, you know, that's dust under my feet. I'm, let's keep it moving. You know, it doesn't change anything. But a lot of times people will be ready to throw the towel in over a disagreement, whatever the situation may be. And again, I mean, I guess it depends on the severity, yeah. but for stuff that really don't matter, mis misunderstanding, whatever the case may be, if you, I mean, you keep it moving. You don't gotta just, you know, dissolve or friendship relationship because you don't agree with each other yeah as long as <laughs> you know? I'm not in any hurt harm or danger it's okay uh this situation the two situations i'm talking about is not just necessarily hurt harm or danger but mm -hmm. put me in situations that could have ended in hurt harm or danger and the other mm -hmm. one is all just all jealousy just all jealousy so. wow wow i'm cool, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you you know, you wish you you wish people the best, you know. And you just hey have to look at it as as you know, whatever you know happens and if it ends and that, you know, you don't break bread with them anymore, it's just it just wasn't meant, you know. Yeah, I hope their kids and everybody else in the world with them do well. Um but I don't I don't I don't want anything to do with do with that type of situation. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Brother, oh! Yeah! <laughs> it's the kid representing four profits. They call me O. Okay. Why you, why you, why you, okay, so Brother O, where that come from? Brother O just comes from, you know, everybody calling me a bro, you know, when I was okay. in mentorship and everything like that. Um, everybody would call me bro. And um, they started saying, oh, at the same time. So I just put the word together. Um, and as you yeah. know, I, I, so I, I use that for rap music. But yeah, Otha Amir was originally the, the rap name. And it still is. I still use that. But okay. Brother O just became more cooler, I guess, to me. Because I didn't mm -hmm. have to say the whole Otha Amir um, as far as music goes. or just using that name. So um, Brother O just, just became cool, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, it's cool. I don't necessarily like people just say, oh, which is more to me. It's like, yeah, I'll I, I salute that. You know, when people say, yeah, what's happening? Oh, yeah, just go off that. You know, um, if you for the most part, if you didn't grow up with me, um, kindergarten to like third grade and you don't know what the O stands for. You probably shouldn't be using that unless I told you that during the course of the last 
five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I started using it back in music again when I changed it over again. But uh, yeah, like if, other than that, you know, if you if you know me, like my mom may call me a nickname or she may call me by my name. Um, other than that, like I don't really, you know, like I don't really like my homegirl. So me and me and me and Chriselle, we did the podcast, and she called me. She called me like fully by my name, like blah 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 blah. Like mm-hmm. she said it, and I was like, "You one of the few people that can say that." But that's because she knows me. You know what I mean? Yeah. We yeah. have a history with one another, and that's that's my that's my that's my love. That's my friend. I love her. Um, shout out to her and everything that she got going on. Um, but she's one of the few people that can do that. Everybody else, you know. Even when I try to tell them my name, they won't, they'll go to, they'll say, oh, and I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you know, cause they, they hit it and like, yo, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, can I call you that? I'm like, all right, but I told you what my fucking name was and you still, you know. It's people that know me for like 12 years and now that they prefer, they prefer O mm. over like, like, yo, what's up, Pep? Or what's up, what's happening, Matt? You know, so. It, it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't knock nobody for it. I just don't, you know, for, for not having a, a good history and a good foundation with my dad, it's kind of like, you know, like, why even call me something that I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't use. Not necessarily just me, but my mom don't use, my auntie don't use, my sisters. Like, nobody calls me that. Only mm-hmm. the people that think they're getting a kick out of that shit says that shit like it's it, it like it's oh <laughs> they're the only ones that you know like they they think they're getting something out of it you know yeah and the only reason i don't respond is because like years ago if you would have done that like i would have smashed your fucking ears together oh my god so, friend but like life is good now like i'm not i'm not angry and all that other stuff no more like i'm glad i'm so glad that you're not a different dude back then you could get, you could get, you could end up, you know, in a garbage can somewhere. People looking <laughs> for you. So I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that phases. Yeah, life is really, really good, man. I, I'm just a lover of people, wine, women, money, mm. music, family, and, and and God. Whatever I believe is God. Amen. Respect, man. Respect that. I respect that a lot. Yeah. Like, that's what life is for me right now. So we're going to get on up out of here. Um, because yeah. I want to explore a couple of the things that I love. Like, oh, yeah, look you want to do what? Huh? You want to do what? I said I want to uh, watch some, watch this TV show that I oh. love. Oh. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I thought you said something else. I didn't say nothing out of the mm-hmm. order, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy, minding my business. You know, that's it. That's the best way to be. Out the way. Bang bang, ski bang bang. <laughs> yes, I agree. Which means yes, I agree. Uh, so yeah, we are gonna definitely get up out of here. We are gonna do this again another time. I appreciate oh, you for go. being a part of Folk Profits Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Shout Solid out. Folks. Shout out to all the solid foes, the Lewis, and everybody else out there. Um, uh-uh. I wasn't supposed to say that. No. No. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna not take on it. my not on my not on my podcast. Salute to everybody that's out there in the grind trying to make a way for themselves. I hope you reach your uh, destination and goal. May you turn it into positivity, love, and success for yourself, your family, and generations to come. Um, God bless everybody else out there trying to make a way for themselves during this current time that we're in. Keish, I love you. You know that, right? Love you, man. Like, I, I really mean that when I say that. And, I, you know, so... I say I, I love people in general, but for you, it's, it's another layer to it. So I really mean it on a, on a different level. Like, I love you, you know. I love you, too. Yeah, no, but I love I you, brothers. You know, we go back. Me. What? Like, I love these, these pictures behind me right here, black and gold. Who is, who is that on there? It don't even matter. It don't even matter. <laughs> Why it don't matter? I just asked your question. It don't matter. Even with the cabinet I got on with the gold, you know? I who I see, I think I see somebody. You don't see nobody. That, the only person that, uh, you see is Malcolm X. Yeah. Muhammad Ali. That's it. Uh, I, is that is that a woman? I see a woman. All three of them are women. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll find out what they are. Bong, ski, bong, 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 ski, bong. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I would like to wish you a great evening. Be safe out here. Yes, in these yes. I ain't, I'm, look, I'm finna go to bed. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't about to go to bed, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> TMI, that laugh Ain't's by itself. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh alone lets me, lets me further know that I don't want to know. <laughs> it's a couple flies in here. Sorry about that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. All right, I appreciate it, Keish. We out of here. All right.